With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Ah, yes, living the dream once again on a beautiful Sunday. Hartman and Orenberger, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, that was different. Uh, as far as Fourth of July's are concerned, oh yeah, <laughs> um, we have so many things to talk about today, Rich. Obviously, as we continue to update you on what's happening around the sports world, uh, you know, when I hear baseball is back, NBA is back, NFL's nothing's back. We haven't we haven't started any games yet. Okay, when we when we actually see real games play, that's when I'm going to say we're back. But we're going to get to all that. But Got to catch up on the 4th of July holiday. Um, a lot of things were going on, Rich, uh, around the country, that is for sure. Uh, but I wanted to share some stories here. Uh, a lot of people thought, well, how cool that uh, they gave you your day off yesterday on your birthday. That was not the case uh, that I was given the day off. Circumstances prevented me from being on the air yesterday. Nothing about me personally, but facilities and everything else. Uh, back on the job today. Um, but, you know, Rich, I, I my son, my oldest son, uh, works at a private club in Malibu. And on Friday, because this is their biggest weekend of the year normally, the 4th oh, of sure. July weekend, Friday he was in for a nine-hour shift at a beach that was full of people when it was actually against the law to have people on the beach. You can only imagine how, how that worked out. Um, not well. Not well. <laughs> By the way, the follow-up on yesterday, he was back out there. There was nobody at the beach yesterday, but... I mean, this has been obviously the craziest year of our lifetimes, uh, and I can say that uh, with a lot longer life than even you, Rich. But, uh, you know, this 4th of July weekend, 
really was that balance of dealing with COVID-19 protests in this country against, you know, the origins of our country as we celebrated the country's 244th birthday. I, I don't know if we've ever seen a dynamic quite like that on the 4th of July. Uh, but if that if that's going to be the new norm, get used to it. Yeah, I mean, at least for a little while here, right? You know, because what we've faced all together, all at once, is something that has swept through our globe and has affected all of us. And I'm talking about human beings. Uh, and and depending on what country you live in, uh, the effects of that, that pandemic outbreak have been different. And here in the United States, by and large, we've all experienced this similarly, albeit different states have even taken a different tact in handling it. And then, you know, you just mentioned the protests. I think with less distraction and obviously the catalyst that was the George Floyd murder in Minnesota, uh, something that has long awaited its its uh, its due attention has now become front news every single day, and so we have a lot going on as a society. Uh, we have a lot going on as as humankind is concerned because the search for a vaccine, the search for viable therapeutics in in fighting COVID nineteen. We're, we're waiting for something to break through. And I think similarly with the civil unrest, we're waiting for something to break through. And, and hopefully it's positive. Hopefully uh, work is done to make more people feel comfortable and equal in this country. But we are in a perfect storm of events right now that led to one of the most bizarre Fourth of Julys I've ever experienced in my 34 years on this planet. Yes, uh, very, very uh, bizarre to say the least. Uh, so so anyway, we move on. Today is the 5th, and, and we have to sort of take stock of where we are right now. And, and the biggest story coming out of sports is we are less than three weeks away from the proposed start of the Major League Baseball season. By the way, we don't even have a schedule yet. We're still waiting for Major League Baseball to give us a schedule for a season that's supposed to start on Thursday, July 23rd, but we haven't seen a schedule yet. Right, so and, and that was supposed to come out midweek this past week. Right. You know, we we were all waiting with bated breath to sort of celebrate what was going to be the official schedule announcement. We knew that there was some speculation later in the month of July, kicking off around the mid-20s, 23, 24 of July, that we were going to see uh, you know, uh, the first games played and then an official reopening or opening day of this 2020 baseball season. But still, we haven't heard. And that's very typical of baseball is to over-promise and undeliver so far during this uh, this extended offseason. Well, they're going to have to come out with a schedule soon, obviously. And part of it, there's a number of logistics, obviously, and we'll try to sort of break this whole thing down. But obviously, when you have no bubble, there are logistics about where you stay and travel and everything else that's going to be going on, even though we do know who's playing who. That we do know. Uh, with a 60-game schedule, you're going to play 40 games within your division, 20 games against the division in the other league that corresponds, West versus West, Central versus Central, East versus East. So we know who they're playing. The question is, when are they going to play? And what are you going to do as an alternative site if your home ballpark is suddenly a hotbed for an outbreak of COVID-19? So see, these are some of the logistics. But one thing that was predictable from the get-go as far as Major League Baseball was concerned with this abbreviated schedule and the prorated salaries is that players who could afford to bail 
are starting to bail. In other words, we had David Price, who the Dodgers acquired along with Mookie Betts and the Red Sox. He's had some injuries over the last couple of years. He just forfeited $11.8 million. $11.8 million in prorated salary saying, I'm good, going to sit this one out. Um, And I believe now with Mike Trout hinting along those lines, there are more players at the upper echelon of Major League Baseball that are making insane amounts of money that are just saying, you know what, it's just not worth the risk. I'll keep my fingers crossed we're going to have a 2021 season. So it really comes down to, Rich, the idea if you can afford to sit it out, you probably will. If you can't afford to sit it out, we're going to see on the ball field, and that that could create uh, some interesting dynamics for this Major League Baseball season. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. I mean, look, David Price is a very, very rich man. You know, uh, you know you're talking about a guy who's earned somewhere near, uh, what, $200 million over the course of his career in cash earnings. I mean, is, is, that, is that inaccurate? I mean, this guy... Look, and and this isn't to offend or insult. This is all a part of public record. But this is a guy who doesn't need to take the risk with his health or his life or with his family's health or their life, you know, contracting this virus and potentially putting an end to his career, uh, making him severely ill or potentially spreading it to people he loves. You know, so I get it. I really do. And and it's um, it's something that's being discussed publicly a lot is so why is it that, you know, these ball players who are just entertainers, uh, why is it that they get all of the COVID-19 testing and the protocols put in place and all these safety measures and all that? Meanwhile, you have people in meatpacking plants uh, who are shoulder to shoulder on an assembly line wrapping up uh, the food for the United States or the Trash collectors are out every single day. You hear the trucks. They're picking up the dumpsters. They're emptying our trash cans. So why do they go to work without COVID-19 tests? But, you know, baseball players who are going to be tested once a day or, or a few times a week can't go out and take the diamond. And then you circle back to exactly what we were just talking about. It's the money. It's, it's how valuable these people are to their workplace environments. And this is an unfortunate thing that we see happen across the United States. But depending on how, quote unquote, valuable you are to your workplace is how you will be treated. And so we're seeing athletes get all of the accommodations. Every single stop is being pulled out to make sure that they're going to be safe during this process of returning to work. Meanwhile, there haven't been as many accommodations made for people who actually keep the lights on in this country. And so it's it's a bizarre time to view this. But you're absolutely right, Steve. David Price is one of the bigger names to go for now. There, there will be many more to follow. And I don't know what many means, but it's going to be more than just him. Well, I, I believe Mike Trout's bailing. I mean, he was on a conference call and and he made it clear his wife's expecting, and you know, it just it, it doesn't seem like he has his mind set. And and that's that's where a lot of these players are right now. The whole idea that you know we want to keep fans away because we want to keep them safe. What about us? Um, by the way, the idea that an athlete in the prime of his life can't get seriously sick with COVID nineteen. We now have an exception. And that's Freddie Freeman, the four time All Star first baseman 
of the Atlanta Braves. He's 30 years of age. The story is Freddie took a test earlier in the week, Rich, tested negative, and then got retested and tested positive and is feeling reportedly from his wife the full brunt uh, of COVID-19. He's got high fever. He's got body aches. She says this guy's never been sick. It has hit him like a ton of bricks. So there's that other fallacy that, you know, well, if you're young, you know, you, you show no symptoms or you have mild symptoms. Apparently, Freddie Freeman is the exception, and the Braves are conceding the fact that don't expect to see Freddie Freeman anytime soon. So hopefully our thoughts are with him as far as the recovery is concerned. But he is feeling the full brunt. So that's, they're just every, I mean, we've been doing this for months and months and months, right? And we keep talking about, we, we open a door and we find out something new. Everything has been a guessing game. There doesn't seem to be any pattern to COVID-19. When we think things should be diminishing, they rise. When they should be rise, they diminish. We're all over the map. I mean, it is a roller coaster. But even with this new wave of so many young people testing positive for COVID-19, I mean, you're the craziest now at the University of Alabama. Reportedly, uh, students uh, students that had tested positive for COVID-19 were actually holding parties inviting those who had not been affected by COVID-19 to see who could get it the quickest. Yeah. The idea is, well, even if I get it, I sort of get it out of the way and we move on. But again, I'm, I'm pointing out Freddie Freeman. This is a, a an athlete, a guy. By the way, his wife said they didn't socialize. They haven't gone out. Right. He didn't do anything over the last four months. And somehow he got it and he's getting the full brunt of COVID-19. Yeah, look, you know, I... I I, this isn't a political statement, but when you have the world's medical minds all saying in harmony, look, we don't have dependable therapeutics that work. You know, we, we need everybody to stay away from each other and wear masks to the best of your ability. Obviously, businesses need to go on. Uh, you know, certain things need to happen in order for the country to continue to, to turn. Uh, but but if, if you can avoid social contact, do so. You know, I, I, I mean, like, that's what they've been saying, because because we, the, the answer when you ask, you know, what how how what are the long standing effects of covid-19? Uh, what are the what are the potential what's the potential disaster of covid-19 alongside a flu season, which we are approaching very quickly? The, the, the top minds in metal, medicine can't can answer those questions. So if you're listening to a politician, if you're listening to a league commissioner, if you're listening to a broadcaster, because I've heard many bang a drum of insensitivity to what's affecting all of us, uh, don't listen to them. You know, look, when I get sick, I don't go to my local congressman. You know, when I get sick, I don't go to my local uh, uh, professional baseball uh, ballpark and talk to the manager of that club. I don't talk to a league commissioner. I go to a doctor. And if doctors are saying that we don't know enough about this to feel uh, to feel uh, to feel good about telling everybody to congregate in large form and to be around each other, well, then don't do it, you know, because that's the best the the top minds in medicines have to offer us. And so unfortunately, we're going to see a lot more ball players a opt out of the league before it starts or b start contracting this virus and some of them are going to get really sick. All right, so while we try to figure out a way to still restart our sports calendar, 
We also have the situation as far as social justice is concerned. And finally, it looks like the Redskins' nickname is a goner. We got details on that, plus other teams that may be forced to change their names. From the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Steve Harbin, Rich Ormberger. Did you know that right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% on car, motorcycle, and RV policies at 15% on top of what Geico could already save you? So what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more. All right, before we get to this whole phenomenon about finally, after all these years, the Redskins moniker going bye-bye, which seems inevitable at this point, I do want to get back to the testing part of COVID-19. Now, Rich Ormberger is one of those who has been been tested. In fact, you even posted it, did you not, on Instagram? 
Yeah, I wanted to dispel a couple of myths about this because uh, I had to go in for a test anyways. Um, We have a neighbor who has a high risk if she's exposed to COVID-19 who helps us with our children. Uh, Under normal circumstances, there is no issue there. But, um, you know, considering the times we're in right now, I wanted to take every available precaution to make sure that uh, we didn't have the virus in our household. So uh, I I went in on Tuesday of this past week, and I got a COVID-19 test. And if you want to see what it looks like, Go to my Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Ornberger or my Instagram. You can find me at Rich Ornberger and you can check it out. Look, it's a called a nasopharyngeal swab test. Uh, you've heard about it on the news. You may have even seen some videos. Uh, I tried to get as good of a camera angle as I could so people could see this. But I wasn't in any pain. You know, I, I had the, the nurse explain exactly what was about to happen. She inserted a swab quite deeply into my nasal cavity. It, it kind of hit a dead end is what I would like to call it. Uh, somewhere somewhere inside of my, my face. <laughs> she twisted it a couple of times and she remo- removed it. If you watch the clip, it's only 10 seconds long. That's how long it takes. You know, you close your eyes. They stick the swab in, they take it out, and then they send it off to the lab, and you get your results. I got mine over the weekend, so I tested negative for that test, so I'm not currently active with uh, COVID-19 virus, and also I had the antibody test done. Uh, That's done through a blood draw. Uh, Usually takes about the same amount of uh, time to run the numbers on that as well. I don't have antibodies, so that means I haven't contracted the virus and created antibodies against the virus. So both of those tests came up negative, but if you, uh, you know, what the doctor and nurse told me when I went in on Tuesday, Steve, was... If you're around anybody who has shown any symptoms of illness, uh, if you work with somebody who has, you know, come back with a positive test, you just go in immediately. You call your your per- personal care provider, or you go to your state or local county uh, website, and you look to get a test. Yeah, I, I will say this uh, about this test: it, it's very similar to taking blood. You know how it is. You go in, you got to get some blood taken and checking everything. And some of the people that administer the blood test, you, you don't feel a thing. They stick a little needle, you know, and they pop the vein up and you, and you don't feel anything. Other times they stick it in and you're like, okay, that that actually was uncomfortable, uh, what you did. You didn't really do a great job there. Uh, my son had to have a COVID-19 test, the exact test you had. Uh, it wasn't as smooth as yours. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, so yeah. I mean, it, it all I can say say is i mean if you have to take the test you have to take the test just like blood tests i mean like i said every time i go in you know i get my blood taken every six months whatever check because i take some medication i got to get my blood taken and sometimes it's you know they 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 seem to know exactly what they're doing no discomfort other times it's like is this the first time you've done this um so a lot of it just has to do with who administers it but like you said if there's any reason for you to believe that you need to get tested, get tested. I mean, it's simple as that. I mean, this is a no-brainer, so get your testing out there. All right, I want to get ahead to the Redskins right now. I'll be honest with you, Rich. Even last week, I really thought that Dan Snyder was going to hang on desperately to the Redskins moniker. He has basically fought back against every single resistance group that has tried to get the Redskins moniker removed. But now... 
Well, the problem for him is if his title sponsor, FedEx, on that field, which paid more than $200 million, is ready to withdraw. And the fact that some people thought, because they're, they're obviously their stadiums in Landover, Maryland, it's not in uh, actual Washington, D.C. There was talk of maybe uh, to go back to D.C., but that doesn't seem to like an option. So, you know, money is always the ruler of everything, especially for guys that have a lot of money. So now, finally, the Redskins are considering a name change. Ron Rivera, who was, of course, just hired as their new coach, uh, one of the few minority coaches uh, in the National Football League, he is hoping, Rich, that they can get this name change by the start of the season. Now, he, he says there's a couple of names that he and Dan Snyder have talked about. They won't reveal them publicly. I know one of the names that's been bantered about is Red Tails. Yeah, after um, the Tuskegee Airmen. Correct, uh, which would be interesting. But I, you know what, Rich, I think I, I'm not – I'm not a big nickname guy. I mean, I, I, to me, and it just seems to be such a, a meaningless part of sports. But anytime you tie it to, let's say, a person as opposed to, let's say, an animal or a just a benign whatever, um, I mean, I, I, you you can run into trouble. I mean, give me an example. I mean, we always talk about teams like the Indians, the Braves. By the way, the Braves say we're not changing our name. The Chiefs. You know, I mean, these are names that a lot of people suggest should be changed. The Padres, the Padres to a lot of people, if you go back to the history of the Padres, they have been demanding a name change for the San Diego baseball team for years, right? saying that there's a negative connotation there. So I'm at the point now where... Honestly, I could care less. I mean, if, if if there are enough people that find the name offensive, change it. Who cares? I mean, really, what, whatever you call your team, to me, doesn't really matter. I understand branding and everything else. But if we can just sort of rid ourselves of these nicknames, and the less we have to talk about changing nicknames, as far as I'm concerned, the better. Yeah, look, I, I mean, this this falls in line with, um, you know, a lot of what's happening right now around the country. You know, with uh, with statues coming down and things of that nature that represent maybe a marred or a scarred past for this country. I mean, even, you know, beyond the Civil War, we had a pretty turbulent beginning dawn to this country when we, in effect, uh, committed genocide on, you know, the, the, the Native Americans who lived on this land. So... You know, we're talking about something that maybe as far as a reparations conversation is a long time coming. Like, you know, I and and, you know, I agree to a certain extent with what you said. I think I think names hold more value uh, than than maybe you're giving them credit for. You know, I think that they are important parts of our discourse. You know, certain certain uh, companies will spend a long time with focus groups and spend a lot of money developing a name that they know is going to be popular amongst people. That's going to elicit good feelings. Uh, you know, so I know it's important, and I know the reasons why the Redskins have been avoiding changing their name for so long, but it's time. You know, sometimes sometimes you get to a point where uh, the 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 crowd gets loud enough. And and you know, you if you're going to be in a public place and you're going to be selling your merchandise to to the general public, uh, you know, and that marketplace tells you I you know, I hear a lot of people who are capitalists who complain about this. 
Well, this is capitalism. This is the this is the heart and soul of capitalism. It's supply and demand. So if your your product is going to be in less demand due to its name, then supply your your uh, uh, patrons with a name that they're better with, that they're they're more comfortable with. And so I, I, it, this is very simple economics. You have something that's unpopular, change it, and maybe you'll see a resumption of its original popularity. Cowboys could be a gunner. I mean, the whole Cowboys-Redskins rivalry, what is that? If you want to go back in history, that was a two-sided affair, was it not? Cowboys, not exactly... The greatest history. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, this yeah. is this is the problem again when you identify a team nickname to an individual or right. a human form as opposed to a benign or uh, an animal form. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I'm just getting started here. Uh, let's find out what's trending right now as we bring on. Ralph Irvin in the house. Ralphie, how are you today? I am doing well, gentlemen, and it's always a joy to be with you. And it's a joy to have live sports going on, and that's happening right now in Detroit. It is the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The leaders, oh, they'll be teeing off at the top of the hour. Matthew Wolf sitting atop the leaderboard at 19 under par, three shots ahead of Ryan Armour and Bryson DeChambeau. Again, they have yet to tee off. Cameron Champ who tested positive a week ago in Hartford and then had two subsequent negative tests and was allowed to compete this week. Six under par today, finished at 14 under. His round's already done, his tournament's over. Five shots off the pace, but an interesting story is he was forced to sit out a week ago and then the PGA Tour had to amend their rules because obviously he had had a false positive. So, interesting story there. Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So, what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit geico.com to learn more. Major League Baseball getting started in less than three weeks, but players are opting out. David Price, Felix Hernandez, both pitchers say they will not pitch this season. Masahiro Tanaka out of the hospital after being drilled in the head by a line drive from John Carlos Stanton on Saturday. He will enter the MLB concussion protocol. And Clippers guard Landry Shamet, he is going to sit for much of the pre-restart. After testing positive for COVID-19, he needs to test negative twice, sit out the entire isolation period, and then be cleared by doctors to rejoin. And as we say that, we rejoin Steve Hartman and Rich Hornberger. All right, Ralph, thanks so much. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, just stay with Major League Baseball right now because this is the sport we're going to get first, theoretically, here. Uh, By the way, that Tanaka... Uh, that was frightening. I mean, an absolute shot off the bat of all people. Giancarlo Stan, has anybody hit the ball harder than him? Hit him right in the head. I mean, he was down on the mound for five minutes. 
Now, uh, apparently the CT scans were negative, which is good. Uh, he's got the concussion protocol right now. But I'm watching this once we realize that it wasn't a more serious situation uh, to, you know, sort of keep in light. Like, you know, here you got these these summer camps going on from Major League Baseball. Teams trying to sort of organize their own inner team spring training, trying to get these guys ready for the start of the regular season. And something like that happens, Rich, and you would almost have to wonder, is that an omen? And I, I want to go back because uh, you didn't do the show with me this week. You were filling on our morning show. Uh, but, you know, we, we've been talking to uh, Seth Everett, uh, who's a longtime baseball guy. And one of the things that was really interesting to me was is that he revealed that more than a third of the baseball owners did not want to restart the season. You're like, well, wait a second. They only needed eight out of 30 owners to say no for the season to not happen. And I suddenly get the sneaking suspicion as more players pull out, as we don't really have more details about player conduct and how they're going to sort of create safety for players without a bubble, that there may have been some owners who said, yeah, we'll say yes. And if it doesn't happen, it's going to be because the players bailed on the idea. This back and forth, like who is responsible for the shutting down of the baseball season, has been a hot potato between the owners and the players. And it seems like there were owners who did not want to restart the season who voted to restart the season with the idea that if we make it uncomfortable, then we're not going to actually have a season at all. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think there is plenty to that. I will say this, you know, in fairness to the owners, and I have been uh, ridiculing them from virtually the start because I, I agree with you. I, I think that there is enough uh, and there are powerful enough voices in the room from what we've heard uh, on the ownership side Uh you know, who do not want to participate in having a baseball season this year, uh, that, that, that very mel- well, well may be the case. If there's a way to sort of pass the buck to the players while showing that you gave it your best shot, you know, to and whatever that means or whatever that looks like, well, then, yeah, you're going to have less egg on your face if this whole thing falls through. But I will say, in fairness, uh, they release guidelines and the union had time to pour over those guidelines, health and safety. And J.P. Morosi said there was, you know, over 100 pages of, of literature that the union needed to parse through and that they would need to find a way to help enforce these rules and explain these new clubhouse measures being taken. Uh, and we would have baseball. And so, look, these are employers. These are employees. They struck a deal to restart or to start their season and to restart off-season activities. And so if they agreed to it, uh, as long as it wasn't found to be in bad faith later, you know, because obviously you can bring this to an arbitrator and, and have grievances and the player certainly didn't sign off on not having that ability or that availability to them. And so as long as you can grieve an unfair situation, a bad faith dealing, uh, then the owners need to watch their backs essentially and make sure that something to that 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 could viciously undermine uh, their financial efforts uh, doesn't come to the light of day because that would be detrimental 
detrimental uh, to baseball overall, but it would be detrimental to the bottom line of these owners. All right, so baseball is dealing with trying to restart a season. They're also dealing with their own history. Uh, One of the uh, interesting little twists and turns is Barry Larkin, who was the National League's most valuable player, Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame shortstop, back in 1990, uh, said it was curious when he looks at the MVP award that he had that his name is actually quite small. It's the Kennesaw Mountain Landis Memorial Award, which is all around the exterior of the award. And there's even like a gold-plated image of Kennesaw Mountain Landis on the award. And then they just sort of stick a a name on it, whoever the MVP is of that year. So I I wanted to trace a little history, because I was always curious about this, Rich. Landis is a very controversial figure in baseball history. He was the very first commissioner. He was hired in the aftermath of the Black Sox scandal of 1919. If you've seen Eight Men Out, if you've seen the movie, don't really know anything else, you know that the eight players involved were actually found not guilty in a courtroom and yet were banned for life by Commissioner Landis because he said just the fact that you had any connection with these gamblers puts into question the integrity of your game, and they were banned for life. Controversial. Also pointed out that in his 25 years as commissioner, we never broke the color barrier. So I did a little search on this. Like, was Landis a racist? I mean, that seems to be something that, you know, we brand people in history and we say, here's what I found out about Landis. You might find this interesting. So back in 1942, okay, and Landis had been on the job for 20 plus years, Leo DeRocher, who was then the uh, manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers, sort of hinted publicly that the idea that there were no African-Americans in baseball at the time was sort of this, uh, you know, well-kept secret, so to speak, around baseball. Because obviously, as a manager, he wanted African-Americans. And by the way, eventually, when he became the manager of the New York Giants, he welcomed Imani Irvin, Willie Mays, and, and everybody else. So he, he was a big proponent for getting the best players on the field. But Landis said something in an immediate response. This is 1942, Rich. And basically, yeah, everybody remembers, of I course. mean, exactly. But here's what he said. Yeah. He said, look, it's not my decision as the commissioner to make the decision. He, he said, quote, I don't care if an owner wants to bring in one black player or 25 black players. I don't care. I really don't. That is not my job as the commissioner of the league. That's up to the owners and managers to decide who should be uh, on their rosters. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a cop out answer. Yeah, it is because if if you are going to, and I've heard you say this in the past, talk about Commissioner Roger Goodell in a very similar light, saying like, okay, well, you know, Commissioner Goodell says, well, Kaepernick is invited back. But it's a cop-out because what owner is going to actually invite him back? You know, look, history comes and goes, or I should say the years pass by, and, and history does have a tendency to repeat itself. It happens in cycles. And we are seeing in current day what we've seen in the past many times over. It's just it's just with a different set of characters. It's with a different set of uh, circumstances. Obviously, the game has evolved in many different ways, but history does have a tendency of repeating itself. 
itself, and we're seeing this happen. Look, team names have been changed in the past because they've been found to be offensive. Right. You know, so the same is true now as it was years ago when when certain names were were you know taken off of uh, school team names because they were not they weren't even you know like like uh, uh, they were egregious compared to some of the names that we see current day. They were they were flat out racist compared to some of the team names we see now today and they were changed and they were changed for good reason and and so we're going to see more of that in today's society because again the 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 idea of social progress and equality for all in this country has bubbled to the surface and to the front and center of of the american psyche and so changes are going to be made and you know the unfortunate reality when the reason why changes are going to be made on a larger scale now, you know, whether it be in baseball or the NFL, it's because corporate sponsors receive pressure from shareholders and stakeholders, and then they apply the pressure to these these organizations. So it all comes back to money. That's the whole reason for all of it. Yeah, I, and 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 so the deal with Landis is they want to remove his name from the trophy, yeah. which is fine. Um, I, I saw where Buster Olney suggested Frank Robinson, which would be an interesting name to rename the award after. By the way, the first player ever to win the most valuable player award in both leagues. He was also the first African American manager in Major League history. Frank Robinson, one of the all-time legends of baseball. I, I think that's a great idea, to be honest with you. I think that is someone worthy. He has an actual connection to the award, again, having been the first player to win both the National League and American League MVPs. So, again, all of this, to me, is fine, except does it really address the problem we have right now? I mean, if we can erase history, that's great, or change history or change the narrative as far as who we look back upon fondly or negatively, but does it really change what's happening right now? That's the biggest question facing this country. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So are we making advances as far as sports is concerned to move social social justice in the right direction? We're going to tell you coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Steve Harbin and Rich Armberger coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. So, Rich, it's been a little more than a week since LeBron James said it was time for the NFL to apologize to Colin Kaepernick. Uh, no apology came. Colin Kaepernick uh, posted yesterday on 4th of July quite a video, to say the least. It was a video in which... It really denounced the 4th of July celebration. And he wrote this. Black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized, and terrorized by America for centuries and are expected to join your commemoration of independence while you enslaved our ancestors. We reject your celebration of white supremacy and look forward to liberation for all. So where are we right now as far as Kaepernick returning to the National Football League, in your opinion, Rich? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll stand pat on what I've said for years now. And this isn't necessarily Kaepernick's fault. Look, he has the rights, like all of us do, to protest the way he wants to, as long as it's peacefully, to say whatever he wants to, as long as it's not threatening the lives of anybody. 
And that's what he's doing. He's spreading a message, one that he has uh, obviously attached himself to uh, and uh, and has done a lot in the lane of social justice. I mean, this is a guy who contributed a massive amount of money during his final season in the NFL to the cause he so greatly supports. And I, I look, I, I've been exposed to, and I know you have, Steve, uh, recently, some of the most heartbreaking stories of, you know, black people who we associate it with on a daily basis about their upbringing in this country. You know, we, we have we have been I mean, on this uh, the show that follows our show, Ephraim Salam talked about how when he was a kid, I'm not talking about like a teenager. I'm talking about like a kid, 11 years old, walk into high school in South Central L.A., having a cop car pull up on the sidewalk and overturn his backpack illegally searching him for drugs and then when it was found that he was innocent of any crime that he wasn't even you know supposed to be searched for in the first place he remembered officers laughing as they drove away is that justice you know is that justice you know so there's a lot of people who grew up in this country and and lived lives very differently from you know the majority of us and so i i think that that's the expression of that that tweet First of all, and then second of all, when I say that I, I stand pan of what I said about Colin Kaepernick in the NFL years ago, and, and it's true today, I don't think anybody's going to sign him. And I, I don't think that he'll play another down in the NFL, and it has nothing to do with whether or not he's talented enough. You know, I, I've remained, I, look, this is, this is a business, right? The NFL is a business, and these 32 owners are trying to protect that business. And not a single one of them, even though he's he was potentially more talented than other players on their roster, not a single one of them has signed Colin Kaepernick over the past three seasons. So do we think that that's going to happen now? Do we really believe that's going to happen now? I don't. I'd rather be impressed by the progress that the NFL shows uh, than than be naive enough to believe that they changed so enough so much in such a short amount of time. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, I don't know how much change they're actually going to make. That still remains to be seen. Actions speak louder than words, and we're waiting for that. Much more Fox Sports Radio coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right, rolling along once again on this Sunday. It is Hartman and Orenberger, and we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. By the way, uh, yesterday was my birthday. Um, you know, I, it takes on a whole new connotation. I mean, you know, 4th of July is sort of a cool birthday to have because it's an easy day to remember. And I get way <laughs> too many birthday wishes. I want to thank everybody out there. They, have, It's almost, I, I like, like uh, Lingard here. I mean, he's like, here's your obligatory, you know, 4th of July, you know, at birthday. <laughs> I mean, tongue in cheek, I hope. Um, but it, it's one thing, it's an easy day to remember, right? I mean, it's because sure it's, it's outside of maybe Cinco de Mayo. The 4th of July is the only other holiday. I mean, it's, technically it's Independence Day, but no one says that. It's always the 4th of July. So it's it's that holiday sort of known by the date uh, rather than the actual uh, name of the holiday. So 
but it, it was definitely a different day. And I, I will, I want to thank. I did not do radio yesterday, and there were circumstances because I did TV last night. This was sort of cool, Rich. So I work at KTLA in Los Angeles. I partner with a guy named David Pingalor, uh, and so it was the end of the show. We do a, a, a two man show between eleven thirty and midnight. It's late, right? And yeah. we're doing the final segment, and they come out with a cake, right? Oh, that's cool. There's a happy birthday Hartman cake, you know. And so he's sitting, standing here with the cake. And I'm like, well, thank you very much. That's that's awfully kind of you. And the next thing I know, there's a big screen behind us. And I turn around. It was my three kids live, zooming. Oh, there you go. And singing happy birthday to dear old dad. Yeah. So, you know, it was sort of a cool thing. Well, it was more than sort of a cool thing. It was a very cool thing uh, to celebrate. So, I mean, you know, there are, I, I, I just want to state here. That, look, um, we're not a perfect country. Uh, Far from it. Um, But there's a lot of good in this country. And there are far more good people in this country than bad people. And I just want to keep that in mind. I mean, you know, it just seems like there's so much negativity going on right now. And I understand the frustrations. And they're well-founded. But there's a whole lot more good in this country than there is bad. And that's why I will still maintain, despite our sordid past and maybe the origins of our country, this country does a lot more good for the world than bad. Oh, I agree full-heartedly. I think that we, I mean, typically on the world stage, we're looked at as leaders, you know, we're and we're looked that way because I think our country possesses ideals that are frankly very different from most countries. And I think maybe the, the youth of our country factors, you know, you want to talk about a long history. We, we don't have a long history. You know, we've been around for a couple of hundred years and that's about it so when when you talk about um you know progress and and uh uh, you know and and the the ideals that this country were were built on uh yeah we have a long way to go but we started from a higher platitude than a lot of places now look what you say i'll echo i i think that there has been a lot of negativity I think that, unfortunately, due to the times, uh, that's going to continue. It just is what it is. But as a former professional athlete, spending my entire life uh, dealing with with sharp and harsh criticisms and trying to make the appropriate adjustments, I think that's where we're at. You know, we're 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 doing some self scouting here as a country. We're taking a look at the things on film that we didn't like from yesterday's game, and we're trying to improve it. You know, I. I mean, to to make this into a sports analogy seems a little ridiculous, but I think it's applicable. You know, there, it's okay to look at something, even a win, even a win. It's okay to look at doing well sometimes and saying, okay, we did a good job, but what could we do better? And so if we look at it from that standpoint, yeah, you know, there are some negative things happening and being brought to light current day United States. But this this country, uh, I think, is a great country. It's a free country. Uh, I'm I'm happy to celebrate our independence on July 4th, and I hope that you know future Fourth of Julys are celebrated by more people who feel like their voices are represented uh, more equally in this country. And what? Steve, a belated happy birthday, by the way. I am the worst when it comes to birthdays. I am terrible, and I I feel so bad about this. I mean, you know, because you know me, I I have. 
a Facebook page, but I don't post anything on it, and I don't have Instagram. I well, I sort of have Instagram, as you know, but not really. I don't. I don't post anything on this. I don't even post stuff on Twitter. <laughs> so it's amazing all the people that follow me. I, I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I, I again, it's it's tough because I'm the one guy because of my birthday being on the Fourth of July that a lot of people, you know, say happy birthday, and I feel bad. I actually made some reconnections with a couple people I hadn't even talked to texting yesterday. Uh, so that was a good part about reconnecting with certain people every once in a while. They're like, oh, dude, I remember. Yeah, 4th of July. Um, by the way, uh, one of the things that we are anxious to find out how it will go when we get to the NFL season, which, by the way, is only a couple of months away, folks, so we're getting close, um, is the National Anthem and the actions taken by the players and the coaches during the National Anthem. And I mentioned this to you recently, and it sort of came up at, of all places, the Austrian Grand Prix. So the Austrian Grand Prix today was held, and what they did was drivers displayed T-shirts carrying the message, End Racism. So during the playing of the Austrian National Anthem, there was a line of 20 drivers. 14 took a knee but the headline was six drivers who declined to take a knee. Yeah. And all of them posted the reasoning for that on social media. Obviously, they were supportive of the cause, but they just feel like, I don't feel right taking a knee. And I want to translate, because I asked you about this weeks ago, about you know, sort of you know, taking stock on who's not taking a knee. And we, I guarantee you it's going to happen with the start of the National Football League season. We've heard several coaches say or indicate that they may or will take a knee during the National Anthem with players who do. Other coaches haven't said anything. But when we get back to the whole concept of freedom of expression, as we talked about with Colin Kaepernick, he is a free man to express any views he has. And uh, I will fight for that all, every every which way. But what about those that are singled out because for whatever their reasons, they decide not to take a knee during the national anthem? Should they face pushback? Because I just found it interesting that this headline, six F1 drivers decline to take a knee uh, at the Austrian Grand Prix. Is that fair to sort of single them out for what they believe was their own right to not take a knee? Yeah, yes, it's fair because they're they're professionals. Okay, you know, look, I I understand the outrage that these professional athletes are going to have to answer questions. Oh, boo hoo! You know, look, I I mean, if you wear you know a uh, uh, a bracelet you know during a game that has writing on it right you know or if you tape your wrists and you you know you write a bible scripture on it or you know you you, you wear a necklace of some sort or if you you know you go out onto the field to play and you you eat skittles on the sideline like Marshawn Lynch you know the reporters notice things okay reporters notice things you have beat writers who their entire job their entire life is devoted to just notice things about the teams they cover and then report back to the fan bases who consume that material right so whether it be skittles on the sideline for Marshawn Lynch or it is a kneel in pro- pro- protest or it is standing for a, na- a national anthem Uh, You're going to have people who are paid by periodicals or online resources who have to just notice things. And then they have to report 
on what they notice. And so they're going to go to those specific players and ask them questions. And those players have the right to answer those questions any way they want. And so we're, we're like all really worried about these, these fragile minds of these professional football players having to answer a question about whether or not they kneeled or they stood during the national anthem. Oh, boo, who? Who cares? Why is that even, why are we even complaining about that? Okay, well, let me ask you this, because you play for Bill Belichick. Yeah. Now, he has been neutral in all this, and that's pretty much what he does. Every time you hear anything out of the mouth of Bel- Belichick, it's simply based on football and nothing else. So, I don't know what he's going to decide to do. He may decide to take a knee. He may not. But how do you think Belichick would handle, if he decided not to take a knee, how would he handle questions about whether or not he took a knee during the national anthem? Do you think he would be dismissive like he is of most questions that are asked of him that aren't related directly about football? Or do you think he would give a thoughtful uh, reasoning? Or would he, I, I, I'm trying to figure it out on certain guys, whether their generally dismissive attitude about things they simply do not want to talk about would actually play in light of something like this. Well, maybe it will, maybe it won't. Well, only time will tell. I have no idea how. I mean, look, I played with him for three years, and you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, as a coach, uh, during that time, he was extremely dismissive of the media for any questions that he didn't feel like were pertinent enough for him to answer. And maybe he'd handle it the same way. Or maybe he would be expansive like he is on occasion when a member of the media asks him a question that he wants to be expansive on. I have no idea. Bill's his own man and he has his own mind. But one thing I do know is I don't care. I don't care that he is going to be asked those questions because Bill is paid fabulously for what he does. And he is paid fabulously for what he does and he's in the public eye. So the same way... It is obligatory for an NFL player to have to face the media on a number of times throughout the course of the season. It's the same for the coaches. And if he wants to answer that question any which way he wants, that's up to him. But the fact that he's going to be answered, asked the question, the fact that a reporter can say, hey, Bill, you, you decided to stand during the national anthem. Why did you do that? Well, you know, I, I don't have any problem with the question. And I, I don't understand anybody, especially in the media, who would have any problem with another media member asking a player a question. Because certainly the majority of the media had no problem with them, uh, with with uh, members of the beat coverage in San Francisco asking Colin Kaepernick every single feasible question about his stance and his, his protest. You know, so I have no problem with this. If I was a player, I would make the decision to kneel or stand, and then I would face what whatever questions came after that. And you know what? I'd be happy to, because in the NFL, the same as in the MLB, NBA, uh, NHL, you're paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, if not millions, to play a game. So answering a couple of tough questions, I've got no problem with it. Well, again, this is what many athletes have said, and I go back to when Michael Sam was drafted by the Rams, and we had this, you know, this whole uh, public discussion about playing with homosexual players, and a lot of the uh, athletes were like, "I don't want to talk about somebody's sexual preferences." I, I I just want to talk football, and they got upset when they were pressed on the matter of, well, would you feel comfortable playing alongside a, a gay teammate? 
Um, so not everybody is fluid on this. Not everybody is. You you can make a lot of money, but that doesn't make it possible for a lot of these guys to actually give their views in a in a way that's going to be so-called acceptable to a, a lot of people, uh, and that potentially could cause problems. All right, I want to get to a story coming up. Uh, where the NFL has made a move, and it sort of brings us to that fine line between making a move for the right reasons and just flat-out pandering. We'll talk about that coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the wait is over the shy is back on paramount plus and the stakes have never been higher Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Steve Hartman and Rich Ornberger. By the way, we have Kyrus manning the board today. If you're not familiar with the name, Kyrus is arguably Rich, uh, one of the I don't know two or three most valuable people in this entire complex. I mean, yes, to say the correct. least. Yeah, um, Kyrus is the glue, as I like to put it. If Kyrus somehow decides to take an unexpected vacation, yeah. the entire infrastructure that is Fox Sports Radio as we know it would disintegrate in front of our very eyes. Uh, I, I cannot <laughs> overstate this. Now, for a couple of months. We had to separate uh, when we had the first outbreak as far as personal space that I had to move 
uh, myself up to the LA area from San Diego and do it from the studios here in Sherman Oaks. So I would do the daily check-in with Kiris. Kiris would sort of hold my hand in the beginning, make sure everything was working properly, and after a while, uh, grudgingly, he trusted me that I could figure this out on my own. But I would text him. Every, did I text you every day? I would always text Kiris saying, we're good, we're good. Uh, and he would always say, uh, thank you very much for uh, telling me about that. By the way, did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on the top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15%, then switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com to learn more. All right, I want to get to the uh, story that the National Football League, they announced this on Thursday, that the song Lift Every Voice and Sing, which is considered the Black National Anthem, will be played for before every game, uh, week one of the NFL season. So, this was interesting. I mean, I, we hadn't heard any other professional sports league. The NBA hadn't made such an announcement. So, the NFL decided to do this. I guess. I guess my big question right off the bat would be, why only week one, Rich? I mean, if you if you're going to decide, this is why why I get back to you know doing the right thing as opposed to just pandering and giving the perception that oh well, okay we uh, how about week one we'll give you the black national anthem week one and I'm like well if you're going to do it week one why are you only doing it week one and is that only this year is that every year I mean this this is that fine line again where the NFL is feeling the pressure that they got to do something in a league that's 70% African-American as far as players are concerned. Was this the right move, and how would you handle this playing of the Black National Anthem beyond week one? Yeah, look, I, I again, you know, we're talking about a business, and so we're talking about a group of people who are interested in making money. You know, aside from all of the social impact that certainly the players have on their communities and certainly a league of 32 extraordinarily powerful men in our country can have on our society, um, this league is about making money. And so I think in general, when you have a country that is so divided over issues and and obviously the the issue of racial injustice in this country has taken center stage here recently. Uh, There are absolutely NFL fans who think there is nothing wrong with this country, and there are absolutely NFL fans who think there's a lot wrong with this country revolving around that single topic alone. And so they're trying to play the middle. That's what the NFL has done classically when it's come to issues like this. Is this playing the middle or is this just pandering? Well, I think you could use you could use both terms. I'm just saying, like, their goal is to somehow appease both sides as equally as they could possibly appease both sides while still capitalizing off their patronage. So if fans were allowed in stadiums at any point this fall, be that a long shot. But if they were. You don't want to do something that's going to turn fans away. Uh, you don't want to do something that, and that, and I mean that that both sides leaning one side or or the other too hard. And so I think as a business model, the NFL, the same stance that they've taken on domestic violence, the same stance that they've taken on uh, drug use in the NFL, and all sorts of social issues that they've faced down, especially more recently since social media. Uh, I I think that they try to play the middle as 
best as they can. And so, like like you say, uh, pandering or appeasement or whatever word you want to attach to it, the goal is to make money at the end of the day, and that goal has never changed for the NFL, not not once. You know, the irony of all this is just the whole anthem thing before every game to begin with. I mean, it, it, we, we mentioned this a few weeks back. If you don't know the whole story about playing the national anthem in front before every single sporting event, that wasn't the case until post-World War II. There have been occasions, maybe at a World Series game or something like that, where they would sing the national anthem. But the idea of the national anthem being played before every sporting event, that didn't happen until post-World War II, and it actually ironically started in the National Football League, and everyone sort of picked up on this idea. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, controversy swirls around it ever since. I I mean, do do you feel it's necessary to play this national anthem, our national anthem, before every sporting event? I mean, now, I mean, even in schools now, when I was a kid, we all, every single day, we would line up as students in the playground in our individual classes and we would say the pledge of allegiance as a school i mean not right. just in the classroom i mean literally on the playground hundreds of children all lined up in their individual classes in unison doing the pledge of allegiance they don't do that anymore so is this is this paying homage to our country necessary well- at sporting events, is this a necessary thing, or is it something that we should just say, you know what, if you want, I mean, I mean, how would you handle this? Well, I, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you, right? So the idea of the national anthem before the 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 playing of any game, yeah. Do you do you think it's like supremely necessary for you to enjoy that sport, Steve? No, absolutely right. not. You know, I, I mean, if you were to go to a movie and all of a sudden over the announcement after the trailer ceased and when you were getting ready to see the, the main feature, mm-hmm. a voice from the projectionist box said, and now everybody, please rise for the playing of the national anthem. That's a I'm great sh- analogy. I'm sure everybody would rise. Sure. Confused mm-hmm. and would stand there as the national anthem. Well, especially plays. when you got a pu- bucket of popcorn that you don't want to put down. You're just yeah. digging into the popcorn. I don't know about you at the movies, but normally I eat most of my popcorn before the movie even begins. Well, that's so I'm usually I'm usually in a rush to get all the food down before I can sit down. So that would really disrupt my flow as I'm, I'm trying so, to get yeah, that yeah, last. The flow is important. Popcorn kernel thing. down. Yeah. Yeah. I I really do. I, and it's not because I'm trying to not be disturbed during the movie. It's just so rare that i eat popcorn mm. that when when you have fresh pop popcorn in uh, front of you or at least for me like, you I mean, want it you got it down there yeah i absolutely yeah. smash so it. all of a sudden you had to get up and do the national anthem and everything else so anyway i mean everybody out there uh react as you will by the way if you want to correspond with us uh right now the best way is via twitter uh at cannon hartman that's yours truly at Ornberger, uh and give us your thoughts about that whether we even need uh, to play a national anthem, any kind of anthem, uh, before the start of a sporting event. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. By the way, on the other side, uh, the discussion of the GOAT is over, all right? The discussion of the GOAT is over. I'll explain why. Uh, but let's find out what's trending right now as we welcome back Mr. Ralph Irvin. Ralph, are you enjoying – Ralph's a big golfer, by the way. Um, so how do you explain that these golfers without fans are just tearing it up? I mean, they are posting unbelievable scores. 
every well, single week here, Ralph. They're playing at courses that are unbelievably scorable. But let's oh, you know, keep, good point. Keep yeah. in mind that Colonial typically is a smaller course. Hilton Head, smaller course that can be overpowered. Uh, last week is traditionally a low-scoring course. Jim Furyk shot 58 there a couple years ago. And this week, they were expecting it to go extremely low. So, I mean, it's, and these are not events that normally get the top players in the world showing up the way they have this year because they wanted to get back out on the course. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's a combination of the fields are really deep and the courses are there for the picking. Yeah, Ralph, you make a great point. It's one that I didn't think of, but Colonial, the Travelers, like some of these courses, some of these tournaments we've seen played recently, a lot of times because a lot of, you know, the bigger name pros take those off, we'll see like some old guy win it. You know what I mean? Like, And it's because these courses are short enough for their, their game to still be, you know, championship level golf. And I mean, obviously, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is overshadowing everything in the in the game, uh, you know, putting on 40 pounds. Did and, you and see him? I just literally watched DeChambeau. I'm watching some of this golf tournament. I mean, he is unlo- He had a 374-yard drive yesterday, I know. Yeah, yeah uh, They I got that. to a greenside bunker. But, um, I mean, he is not just put on the size, but he is swinging I've never seen, yeah. not even John Daly swung this hard. It, I mean, it's, it's such a violent explosion when the woof. club face meets the ball. One, one of the shots he hit, Ralph, it was 343 in the air. Yeah. Here's the funny thing, though, is everyone's talking about how he's big and brawny and everything. Hmm. Keep this in mind, and Rich will laugh at this. He's 6'1", 240. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that goes <laughs> like yeah. like, like in, yeah. in 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 some of our pro sports world, six one two forty is not the yeah. biggest of guys. Well, it but even in golf, be, that mean, is that is quite tremendous. Sizable. Rich, can yeah. you carry a ball? You're much bigger than six one two forty. Can you carry the ball uh, three forty three in the air? Oh no 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 no! I think the the longest the ball's ever carried on me, uh, maybe like three ten, and that was with a healthy back. You know what I mean? Like these guys, these guys are pretty good. These guys are pretty good on tour. Well, and you talk about Deshambo. He is sitting one stroke off the lead right now, seventeen under par, one under for the day through two holes. Matthew Wolf is on top at eighteen under par. He's one over for the day. Two shots back, you'll find Kevin Kisner, Ryan Armour. They are tied back there. Meanwhile, we're getting set to have the NBA players return to action by going to Orlando, start their training camp. Two unnamed Heat players not going to be traveling with the team. They've tested positive for COVID-19. The same going for the Clippers, Landry Shamit, who... He's going to sit for most of the pre-restart. All these players likely would be available once games start. But first, they're going to have to sit through the isolation period, test negative twice, and get cleared by doctors. Lakers going to Orlando without assistant Lionel Hollins. He's an underlying condition, making him a red flag health risk. Pelicans coach Alvin Gentry has not yet been cleared to go to Orlando. He wants to be there. It could be real tough for New Orleans because if Gentry isn't cleared, his 67-year-old assistant Jeff Bizdelic is already going to stay home out of uh, precaution due to the virus. So it could be a predicament for the Pelicans if uh, Gentry isn't cleared. 
Send it back to Steve Hartman now and Rich Hornberger. Yeah, it's one thing after another. We'll figure this all out, right? I, I here just just to clarify, I do believe we're going to have a World Series. We're going to have an NBA champion. We're going to have a Super Bowl champion. We're going to have a Stanley Cup champion. I don't know who's going to be there in the end, but we're going to we're going to finish these seasons. That's my best guess. All right. Once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. When we talk about the GOAT, there's always an argument, right? There's like a GOAT, like, you know, is it Jordan? Is it LeBron? You know, we get into these arguments about GOAT, but there is, there is no argument, in my opinion, that the, the, the greatest athlete of all time, without question, is Joey Chestnut. And I say this because there is no human being on the planet that can do what this guy does. I want to put in perspective as he broke his own world record yesterday with 75 hot dogs and buns, by the way, in 10 minutes. Now think about what this man consumed yesterday. All right, I'm going to give you some numbers here, yeah, Rich. I, I know you love stats. I, I I'm a big stat guy. So 75 hot dogs and buns is the equivalent of more than 22,000 calories okay. that he digested in 10 minutes. 22,000. He also digested 1,700% of his daily total fat intake. He digested 2,200% of his daily saturated fat, 900% of his daily cholesterol. This is my favorite. 2,400% of his daily sodium intake, 700% of his total carbohydrate intake. Now, now, You're making me hungry. So when we when we watch Chestnut operate, it was quite an operation yesterday because a lot of there's a young guy named Stoner that might be the next guy was Kobayashi, then Chestnut. He may be the star of the future, but he no show. There were only five participants, and really it was a one man show. Uh, as Joey Chestnut again broke his own world record, consuming 75 hot dogs and buns uh, in 10 minutes. But when you watch the master, when you watch Chestnut operate. And realize there's nobody else on this planet that could possibly do that. That, to me, separates them from all the rest. If you consider eating a sport, then he dominates. He's a 13-time Nathan's Hot Dog champion. Right. This is the greatest athlete of all time. No, look, that's where I'll disagree with you. I think he's a very skilled human being, but I do not consider a professional eater an athlete. I'm not saying that a professional eater can't also be an athlete, but I'm not saying just based on that skill, I'm going to lump him in with the likes of LeBron James yeah. or, or you know, some of the greatest. Look, here's the deal. I am limitlessly impressed by Joey Chestnut. That level of um, aptitude for something that I do casually uh, to excess at times, you know, eating, you know, you know, I'll, you've seen me. I, I have I, seen you. I, I use you know, if, if we had a contest in downing either Denise's cookies or brownies oh, or, man. I mean, you'd be on that stage because you know, I, I saw you, you take down six of her pretty good-sized brownies in about a minute. 
You you have maintained a fantastic and healthy relationship with your ex-wife. Yes. And I, at first, I just I I always I always marvel at that because look, you know, sometimes married couples mm. don't get along quite as well as you and Denise do, Correct. which is it's really great for your kids. And we've we this is well documented. You've been very open about this. But but I I had not realized the fringe benefit of your relationship <laughs> with your ex-wife yes, for the rest un, of us here uh, yeah. until yeah. until. Very recently, I discovered mm-hmm. yeah. her baking, which yeah. has absolutely blown the doors off of my psyche. I thought I knew good cookies and brownies mm. prior yeah. to you know this this pandemic, really. Right. And what you've shared with me over the past couple of weeks has been nothing less than phenomenal. But that brings me back to the point: even in my very amateur efforts to uh, to do what Joey Chestnut does, it falls well, well pale in comparison to what he is as a professional eater. But yeah, I don't. Consider Consider that a sport, do you? It is a competition. Um, and again, when we talk about athletes, you talk about the greatest athletes can do things with their bodies that the normal person cannot do, whether they <laughs> run fast or jump high or whatever their skill might be, throw a baseball 100 miles, and now there's a lot of different athletic skills that very few people can do. I mean, just think about how he actually does this. So what he does is he takes down two hot dogs, just the dogs without the buns, at the same time. And what he has to do, because you would think he would choke. I mean, as you're right. if you're jamming these hot dogs down your throat, if anything should come back up, you're in serious trouble. And then he, of course, he puts the buns in water to soak them, and then jams them down his throat. <laughs> so the idea of being able to do that, and what you know, what blows me away is that when he's done, and I've interviewed Joey Chestnut on the radio before, but I've never actually met him in person. What amazes me is after he did this, seven, I like like the obligatory drink of water at the end, right? Well, yes, I of mean, course. So then he just sits down and does an interview like nothing. Like, oh. after, you know, afterwards they're saying, well, you broke your record. Was it tough without the crowd there? Yeah, it was a little tough, you know, because I was off to a really fast start. It looked like I might uh, actually get past it. <laughs> I mean, just talking like this guy just inhaled 75 hot dogs with buns in 10 minutes he just took in over twenty two thousand calories <laughs> the sodium intake you know what how about this he took in more than fifty five thousand grams of sodium i just i don't in even 10 know 10 minutes like, look, anybody i defy you any human being to try to eat one gram of of, of table salt <laughs> yeah. just measure it out measure it find it like a little kitchen scale right it's it would be unpleasant to say the 55, least Fifty five thousand <laughs> grams of sodium in 10 minutes <laughs> i mean it just i mean if honestly if you were a doctor you yeah. would want to look inside and how is it possible well, now, I, I will explain this part of this whole eating professional competitive eating phenomenon now i've looked into the rules and the rules are really dark because obviously you know what what essentially he's done is poisoned himself if he allowed his body through natural processes to try to uh, digest fully and and completely deal with 55 or 75 hot dogs or whatever it was that smashed the record 75 in 10 minutes 
Unbelievable. Uh, that would kill him because, you know, like much like anything else, if you drink enough water, it'll kill you. You know, everything in moderation, right? So what they do is they they tell these competitive eaters, okay, now you have to keep that down for a certain allowable time period, and then you can purge. And can is not even a question at that point. They must, otherwise they'll die. So these competitive eaters go back into a trailer, and much like you know we've read about in the vomitoriums of ancient Rome, uh, these guys will just completely let go of everything they just piled down. Wow. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, you know, so just like you now know, you now you I, you know the legend of Rich back in the day when he used to have your cheat days and became cheat weeks, cheat months is. <laughs> That you could, you could actually sit down and, and consume a lot of food in one sitting yeah. if you really put your mind to it. Yeah, I look. I, I the, the, there were moments where, and I'm not proud of this, but you know, 50 hot wings like that would be right, right. A war, that would be a, mm, a warm up. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? We're talking about. Yeah, I could get after it to the tune of maybe somewhere nearing 10,000 calories in just mm. one sitting. Yeah. You know, that's that's as ridiculous as it's ever been. It's nothing I'm proud of, though, Steve. Nothing I'm proud of. <laughs> you should be. I, I'm sort of envious. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've, you know, as I've gotten older and, and modified my diet over the years, not perfect, but, you know, making it better, you know. Um, I was always influenced by the words of Gary Player, the legendary golfer, Hall of Famer. I interviewed Gary, but this has got to be about five years ago. Remember he posed in the body issue of ESPN? The guy's like 80 years old, really physically fit and everything else. And so I asked him, I said, you know, how do you keep yourself uh, in in such great shape all these years? He goes, well, exercise. Uh, But he said that here's the other thing. The less you eat, the longer you live. Interesting. The less you eat... The longer you live, and uh, oh boy, I don't know if that's true, but it I'm works in deep for trouble. him. By the way, <laughs> yes, um, but you still have time. All right, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. You know, with all the focus on history, there's one sporting event that has a lot of answering to do, and it could change the course of its legacy. We'll tell you what it is coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 I like the uh, mix of music we're getting from uh, Kyrus today here. Yeah, Rich. it is. Uh, it is a a view uh, <laughs> into the soul of a human by seeing what's on the playlist. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes, he is. Uh, he's giving us his own playlist today. Once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. All right. So obviously, there's been a lot of focus on traditions that are rooted in racism in this country um and the world of sports has such an event and i don't know how it continues to fly um although they have changed their ways there's no no denying their past and that is the masters golf tournament first of all just the name itself the masters uh, the problem for the Masters Golf Tournament stems from its co-founder, Clifford Roberts. He co-founded with the legendary golfer Bobby Jones, the Augusta National Course in Augusta. He was the chairman of the Masters from its inception in 1934 until 1976. This is a man who once said that as long as he is alive, all golfers will be white and all the caddies will be black. If you don't know this, here's a little history lesson for you. Every 
single caddy at the Masters from its inception until 19th and 1934 until 1982, all caddies were black. Mm. 100%. And so we have a, you know, what many believe is the number one golf tournament in the world. We've heard golfers time and again talk about Augusta National as literally heaven on earth for any golfer. It's the epitome. It's, it is the golf tournament. It's the highest rated golf tournament on television. It's not even close. But how do you deal with that? How do you, how do you deal with a, an event that was founded, co-founded by someone who was undeniable in his racist thoughts about how that golf tournament should be conducted? How do you deal with that in 2020? Boy, what a question, right? Um, look, we're dealing with a lot of things like this, you know, uh, you know, across the board. And and the Masters is one example. I mean, Major League Baseball, especially uh, around the a league as old as Major League Baseball, they're dealing with this in many ways. You know, you have uh, former major league owners who are openly racist. You know, I mean, it's it's part of public document. You know, if you open up newspapers from years ago, I I, I mean, you you go back through some of the press clippings. It's you don't have to look too far to find a racist baseball owner, right? You know, so it's uh it, it's what a lot of people are being faced with because we have as a country an uncomfortable origin story when it comes to how we've treated black people and people of color in this country for a very long time. So, yeah, if you're a golf fan, you're going to be faced with that uh, when this event is played this fall, assuming it is played this fall, because all of the uh, civil unrest and the protest and the call for racial equality in our country uh, has brought this to light. You know, I, I think that much like the NFL, much like Major League Baseball, much like the NBA, uh, the Masters, in and of itself, is a business because, as we know, Augusta is a country club and they have a membership. And so they have annual fees that members pay to be a part of this club and patronize this club in the off season, or I should say away from the event that they hold, which when they hold it, if I'm not mistaken, Steve, they collect 100% of the advertising proceeds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, so so they are a business, and so they're going to have to make some decisions mm. as to how they want to conduct, the, conduct their business moving forward, and it's going to affect how people patronize their event and their club. Yeah, it's a big moneymaker for CBS. One-year contract since the 50s. The future of the Masters. Be very interesting. And the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. How about the NBA? We'll tell you next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Continuing on this Sunday, Hartman and Ormberger, and we are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 50 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, Rich and I worked together for a number of years now, and we used to see each other all the time. Um, but now we're in another lull here, okay? So I'm trying to think of, like, last Sunday you were here with me in Correct. the studio. Yes. Um, yes. But I'm trying to figure out when is the next time I'm going to physically see you. 
<laughs> it could be a little while. So um, along with uh, you know the rest of the country, basically, yeah. we you know we have been sort of rotating off weeks uh, to help out with uh, you know the the company's budget. And yes. so I'm going to be taking my unpaid week, uh, not this coming week, but the next. And actually, oddly, uh, sort of in combination with that, my wife has been experiencing some back pain, and this is something I'm familiar with. I had back surgery in December of 2014, uh, you know, toward the end of my playing career. It really was my my last stop before calling it a career. And my wife was a Division One athlete at Penn State. She played volleyball. She won a national championship. She's, you know, she's she's had a similar life as far as uh, abuse on the body. And she's she, it's, as it turns out, is is probably going to need uh, some surgery here. So we um, we have a a scheduled date next week, and so I'm going to be taking off a little time to to help her recover. Mm. Well, of course, as those boys' ears get bigger, yeah. uh, you you better have that back in 100% shape. That's going to be a <laughs> tough wrestling job. By the way, I'm getting a little credit here today, Rich. Uh, on Twitter, Robert said this, Hartman has finally made a great point. Chestnut, 13 world championships, Jordan and Brady combined, 12. There it is. <laughs> Greatest of all time. Thank you very much. Well, he's definitely in the GOAT uh, conversation yes. in fringe sports. I mean... Fringe sports. I, again, I have a hard time considering it a sport. And I know it's considered a sport, but like, do we know what the best dart thrower... I know, Is that what you call a dart thrower, by the way? Do we call them dartists? Again, is there another human on this planet? There are 7 billion people on this planet that can consume 75 hot dogs and buns in tw- 10 minutes um no no as far as we know he i mean there's a lot of people that can yeah. throw a football there's a lot of people that can make a shot but how many people can eat 75 hot dogs with buns in 10 minutes well hell i could throw a football over the mountains if you ask me to <laughs> but uh that's a different show no yeah you're right look i mean if you want to if you want to ask if i'm impressed by the physical achievement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yes, the answer is yes. Unequivocally, yes. I'm impressed that he was able to eat 75 hot dogs, buns included, and then, you know, wash it down with some, you know, hot dog bun water, which is equally astounding and disgusting. But is it a sport? And I contest it is not a sport. It's just a really bizarre activity that he happens to become great at. You know, uh, I saw an article talking about the reopening of the NBA season, and we're getting some players that are opting out of this restart of the season. And it was interesting because they were making the analogy to Americans in general. So let me explain. Mm -hmm. So what they're saying is this. A lot of Americans, you know, as we talk about unemployment figures and, you know, being out, there's there's this growing suspicion. There's a lot of people out there that just rather not work. They're, they're actually not as eager to return to their jobs as a lot of people think. You know, on Saturdays, I, I missed him yesterday, but I sit here with Catino Mobley. He was a competitive NBA player. He's one of those guys, he he would be amongst the leaders in minutes played. He was really committed to his craft, right? Oh, sure, yeah. So, Big and, 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 and someone like that is 
just loves the sport. I mean, they love to participate. They love to be out there. But there's a growing suspicion that there are a lot of athletes, because you would think, wow, I mean, you got a lot at stake. There's money, everything else. They're like, you know, I mean, there's there's excuses, and I say excuses, but there are reasons are valid, whether they're fearful of uh, getting COVID-19, could possibly infect members of their family, or talking about the fact that they'd be on the outside looking in as far as being part of this fight for social justice. I mean, there are things out there that are very legit. Sure. But there's a growing suspicion that a lot of them are just like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm just, I'd like to hang at home. And we've been talking about this as well with a lot of people that are unemployed were the majority. I think, what is they said, 60% of the people that have been drawing these unemployment benefits, the $600 a week, are actually making more money unemployed than they were when they actually were employed. And they seem to be, ah, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you want to get back to work? Ah, you know, in due time, you know, I, hey, I don't want to, I want to get that COVID-19. No, no, no. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to stay here. Um, We always talk about sports story to be a reflection on the rest of us. I mean, on a different scale, but, you know, sports really does reflect. I mean, it's human beings that are involved in this. But but what what do you make of the idea that all these athletes that are deciding to opt out, and I think there's going to be a whole lot more Oh yeah, uh, that are going to opt out of the bubble or opt out of Major League Baseball. I don't know about the NFL, but um, that maybe they're just, they're not as hyped up on playing as a lot of people would suspect. Well, I I think it, again, like you said, if we're going to use sports or look at sports as a microcosm of society at large, you're going to have certain people there's no question who are going to use a uh, a crisis or an emergency as an excuse. You know, maybe they don't have real concerns, but they see an opportunity. There's no question there's a faction of our society. And this is happening at the corporate level and at the personal level where somebody is is seeing a crisis and they're, they're thinking, okay, where's my angle? How do I benefit from this crisis? There's no question about it. Uh, so, yes, that's happening in the NBA. That's happening in Major League Baseball. That's happening in the NFL or will happen in the NFL. There's no question. And then there are certain people who are legitimately terrified legitimately terrified about what's happening around them. You know, they don't leave their house without a mask. They don't leave their house unless they have to. They're practicing social distancing. And maybe that's because personally they are very, very aware and uh, and nervous about catching COVID-19 or potentially spreading it to loved ones. Okay, so we obviously have that faction in society. I promise you we have it in athletics. And then there are certain people who are so moved by the 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 protests and the the civil unrest and the the progress uh, or perceived progress that could be made here during this window of opportunity while uh, racial inequalities are bring, being brought to you know center stage and being dealt with on a national scale for the first time you know real legislation is starting to uh, be written and discussed and you know, reform, you know, the potential for reform is is right there. We're on the doorsteps. And they, they so it's trivializing the rest of what they do with their lives. I mean, that's happening in society. I promise you, 
it's happening in these sports leagues and and amongst players on these teams. So yeah, Steve, you are right. If you're going to ask me plainly, are there certain players who are looking at their bank account and they are looking at the basketball court or the baseball diamond or the football gridiron and they're saying to themselves, is this really worth my time or can I just conveniently use the excuse of COVID-19 and my worries and concerns about it and and maybe even, uh, you know, sort of amplify, you know, a, a personal situation we have, you know, maybe one of our kids is asthmatic and that's a great out, so to speak. Yeah, okay, I could see that happening too. But I promise you the majority of players in all of these leagues, like I feel like the majority of 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 Americans in our country, they actually want to get back to work. They just want to do so safely. Yeah, uh, Garrett Temple of the Brooklyn Nets uh, just made some comments talking about a nervous anxiousness about being in the bubble. Here's what he said. There's no way to be comfortable when you think about where you're going to be for the amount of time you're going to be there and the restrictions that you have there. The question of us being comfortable, that will not be the case whatsoever. Now, understand, a lot of people are looking at this. Let me get this straight. Essentially, you are being sent to a club med here, right? They're going to have golf courses. You're going to have food catered into you 24-7, whatever you need. Sure. I mean, you're going to have doctors. You're going to have all the testing that the rest of us are not afforded. So any anxiousness about whether I'm positive or not, that's out the window because you're going to be constantly tested. But hang on, hang on. Let, Let me make a comparison right now. Would you want to be on a cruise ship right now? Would you want to be, you know, say you could hop on a cruise ship. Be tested next, every day. Be tested every day for the next four months, but mm-hmm. you're trapped. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you are stuck in that cruise ship for the foreseeable future. You know, even though you would have food catered to you, you know, that there's going to be a perception or an attempt to keep this place safe. Would you go on that cruise ship? I'm telling you right now, Steve. I would have a hard time doing that willingly. I, if my job depended on it, yeah, I would consider it. But, you know, it, it's 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 very easy to, to look at the resort-style life that they're going to tr- try to provide these players over the next two or three months. And we also have to factor in the fact that they will be paid handsomely during their time there. It is a part of their livelihood. But still, I you know, we're, we're talking about taking a pretty large risk here. We're talking about going into a quote-unquote bubble and being a part of, I would assume we could call it one of the largest scale social experiments uh, ever ever attempted, you know, and it's all for, you know, sport. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I know that we've deemed professional athletes essential workers in this country and you know i you know how i feel about sports i think it has a tremendous social impact in our society but you're asking guys to take some pretty big risks to play this year there's no doubt about that and that's why this has been hemmed and hawed over and sent back and forth between the owners and the players in all these leagues because this is a big decision to make and so yeah i know there's going to be a movie theater and yeah i know they're going to be able to go on the golf course and they're going to be able to play their xbox or their ps5s or you know sit up in their hotel room and get room service delivered but still i mean would you willingly enter, you know, a cruise ship right now? Would you willingly go and stay Let at a Let me answer walk- that. Let me answer that. Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because I haven't told you this before, but I'm actually booked on a cruise 
<laughs> next, next week, summer. <laughs> uh, I believe it is in June, uh, where I'll be on a cruise. I'm not making this up. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm on a cruise from Iceland to Scotland. Dude, that is an amazing... Okay, so, okay, but listen to me. Yes, and that's if, uh, that's if, booked okay. for next <laughs> June. Okay, but if that if that cruise was booked for this June... Okay, yes. <laughs> like, you know, how willing would you be to yes. fly to Iceland right yeah. now? Well, I. But that's my game plan. Well, I know, but I'm saying, but this June, as we know, mm. is probably going to look. Am I very okay in 2020? By the way, when we turn the calendar, is all is everything good? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Get, so that's when we get to I, January first, 2021, yeah. all, all, all of this is behind us, right? Yeah, yeah it's like a, it's we like just, a, we throw away the mask, we do everything else, boom, we're back to normal. No, that's what we're waiting for. The uh, vaccine is in the ball, and we just got to wait for it to drop on uh, January first. Okay, now as far as college football. Is concerned. Oh, it's a passion of ours, without question. And now all of a sudden, at least one of the conferences has talked about multiple options. Which one is the most sane? From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, we'll tell you coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. <laughs> Karis, it's right in my wheelhouse. Oh, no, no doubt, doubt about that. I mean, it's 
<laughs> pumping the jams out. <laughs> Get a little Duran Duran out there. It's abs- now we're now we're really talking. By the way, we're coming alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Although we're apart these days, we're sharing more. Geico sharing more too with the Geico Give Back fifty percent credit on car, motorcycle policies for both current and new customers. The last year full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. All right, I'm going to give you some options right now. Sure. As return of college football is concerned, Pac-12 Commissioner Larry Scott said the uh, recent wave of positive tests, record numbers uh, of people to be tested positive for COVID-19, especially young people, has got him thinking about the college football season. So he had four options, four options that he all says were very solid scenarios. That was his words, very solid scenarios. Uh, but they're all very different. Option one, play all 12 games as scheduled. Boom, done. Whatever we got on the schedule right now, but we play the season exactly as it was scheduled on the dates that were scheduled. It's no more. Number two, a delayed start. Mm-hmm. How long that would be delayed? I don't know. But a delayed start. Still playing all 12 games as scheduled. Number three, a conference-only schedule. So you eliminate all those non-conference games. I'll get back to that scenario because I think that's the worst, but I'll explain why in a second. Here. <laughs> all right, so conference-only <laughs> schedule. And then the fourth option, just move the entire season to the spring. All right, so I'm going to give you my choice of these four. And then I want to hear, obviously, what you have to say, Rich. But my my... Here's my belief on how the college football season needs to operate. One is that you can't start the college football season until you feel confident that you can complete the college football season. The idea of starting the football season prematurely and then stopping it, to me, is a zero option. That cannot happen. So I like... The spring, but I like better the delayed start. Because as we found out with coronavirus, COVID-19, everything seems to change almost on a weekly basis. So what, we, what we've always been talking about, flattening the curve for an extended period of time, phase one, phase two, phase three. We need to be in an environment where we have a handle on things for a prolonged period of time not a daily thing not a weekly thing but we need a couple of months where we're seeing progress where maybe a vaccine is on the way or something along the lines where we feel comfortable that if we start the season in full 12 game schedule followed by bowl games and a playoff that we can get through the season now could something happen anything could happen at any time we know that but that's the way I, I I think the delayed start. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the spring. Maybe we start the season in December. I mean, when we talk about college football, the college football season is three months. It's a three-month season. Then you have the bowl games and the playoffs. So December, January, February, maybe. Playoffs in March sounds possible. But that would be my choice. A delayed start based on not weeks, but months of leveling off where you feel confident that we can get a full schedule in once we start it. I agree with you that they should avoid starting a season they are unsure as to whether or not they'll be able to complete because 
you know, and it, and it really has nothing to do with the money, even though I know that's what college football is all about. I'm really talking about infection. I'm really talking about the player's health because differently than professional athletics, you know, we talk about the NBA players in the bubble. We talk about Major League Baseball playing out of their home markets, a similar idea for the NFL. We talk about NHL resuming their playoffs, but doing so in just hub cities, you know. This, these are all great plans and strat- strategies independently of each other if you can promise one thing, the health and safety of your players. And all of these teams are going to give it their best effort to do so. But what's different about college athletics that is present in professional athlete- athletics is the fact that these guys are paid professionals. And these colleges and universities are are not paying their athletes outside of tuition, room and board in certain cases of scholarship. Uh, you, you're talking about in some cases also minors uh, on the football team. I remember when I was playing, there were certain guys who came to school early, graduated early or otherwise, and they were 17. They were on the football team. They were taking classes at a university. They were a minor. So you have a lot. You have a lot of responsibility when you're talking about college athletes. So whether it be in the fall or whether it be delayed, like you said, in December or potentially come the spring, the one aspect that you have to make certain of is you don't have a catastrophic loss that because of a failure to provide a safe place for these athletes, uh, a college athlete loses his life. You know, that would be, I mean, it would just be the worst thing that could possibly become an outcome from from doing this the wrong way. And so, look, I, I don't know necessarily if I'm a fan of, uh, you know, A, B, C, or D, or if there's some at some point going to be an E as far as strategy or contingency to host a college football season. But you need to avoid a catastrophe uh, at all costs. So... I don't know. If kicking the can down the road is the safest route, just to see what things look like on the other side of the winter maybe in this country, well, then that's that's the caution they need to exercise with. Because if there's one thing that could destroy college sports uh, for a long time is if you know they're flipping about this at all and somebody, uh, an athlete, uh, doesn't make it, so to speak. Uh, by the way, I know uh, when I suggested a delayed start as, uh, as opposed to just Moving it to the spring, I did, I did get a little feedback from people. Let, I mean, let's go back to your collegiate home there in Happy Valley, all right, Beaver Stadium. If you were to play every game between the months of December and February, what kind of weather are we looking at here? If every home game was in December, January, February, how would the weather be in Happy Valley? Yeah, bring your shovels, folks. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember there were times getting to class yeah. uh, where legitimately, you know, if if they hadn't, you know, done a good enough job right. shoveling everything out or the snow was falling so quickly and they haven't canceled school yet, mm-hmm. you you would be you would be jumping through a snowdrift that that's almost as tall as you are to get into a class. Didn't you like day. playing in snow though? Isn't that fun? Huh? I prefer it over rain any day. Any day, right? Uh, in fact, yeah. I've heard I mean I mean you talk about extreme I always say there are like five, you know, extremes like extreme heat, extreme cold, extreme wind, extreme rain extreme snow almost everyone says i'll take the snow anytime 
Well, yeah. Well, it, wind is terrible for quarterbacks. So yeah. as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very aware. How and about also, extreme heat? Oh, extreme heat is terrible for offensive mm-hmm. linemen. I mean, we're big fat guys in front of uh, the. How about <laughs> a wind chill of negative ten? How does that sound? No, 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 no. See, no, no. cold it. So what? The perfect if you're going to have yeah. weather yeah. at all. Yeah. Weather at all. Obviously, yeah. the perfect weather is yes. you know yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Actually, slight overcast. Right. Nice yeah, cool yeah. day. Exactly. Yes. But if you want to talk about like the best of the worst, yeah. Give me snow on an exactly, exactly. Yeah. thirty-two degree oh, Fahrenheit. There you go. Yeah. Calm day, mm-hmm. yeah. and I, I'll, I'll deal with that. <laughs> All right, we're the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's find out what's trending right now is Ralph Irvin, who adapts to pretty much everything. Uh, I haven't got your thoughts, Rob. You're a big college sports guy and fan over the years. Uh, what do you think is the best scenario to return college football? Well, the it's the whole big picture, because we've seen now that the NFL doesn't stop. And yeah. the NFL doesn't waver. So if college football wants to move a season to the spring, the NFL is still going to draft in April. Yeah, did you hear that? That that was an interesting play, they say, which means that they could be drafting while games are actually being played. Well, and the fact is, is that all your top players, your Trevor Lawrence and yeah. such, they're not going to play. Because why would you play mm-hmm. when you've already put enough on tape to be drafted? I, I, well, Rich, you and I have talked about the Trevor Lawrence situation. Why would he play anyway this year? Right. I mean, right. he has no reason to. It's not going to affect his draft status. I always go back to Jadavian Clowney, who after his sophomore year, it was pretty clear he'd be the top pick in the NFL draft. And his next year, essentially took the year off. Nick Bosa, another guy, got hurt. I'm out for the year, so... Yeah, yeah, it happens a lot, and and I think we're going to see you know the same way certain players are evaluating the risk reward in professional sports. We're going to see the same thing in college athletics. Yeah. Well, and the one thing is this year, no one would look down on it because they'd say, yeah, that's a smart move. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking yeah. of a smart move, well, that's what you call Bryson DeChambeau's play right now because he's sitting atop the leaderboard at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, 19 under par, through six holes today. He's three under for the day. Kevin Kisner threw 13 holes as two shots back at 17 under par. He's five under for the day. Our third-round leader, Matthew Wolf. Not too good a day. He's two over par for the day. Two shots back at 17 under par. Now, this just happening today. A big contract negotiation with UFC. It is completed. Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman will fight for the welterweight title at the new UFC 251 main event. That's right, the two sides agreeing on the contract. They will both be tested today for COVID-19 in Las Vegas, go into quarantine, and once, if they pass and test negative, then they will travel to Fight Island in Abu Dhabi for Saturday's main event. So a quick turnaround (laughs) on this event, and part of the reason uh, that people really do like uh, UFC is because this can happen. And you guys talk about uh, college football with the NFLPA offering a proposed limit to preseason roster sizes down to 80 players. That's 10 less than a normal year. They further seek to limit facilities to no more than 20 players at a time during the initial period where players are getting acclimatized to being back in football. Now let's head it back to two guys who are comfortable in any situation themselves. Steve Hartman and Rich Ornberger. We do face challenges here on this show. We really do. But, uh, yeah, we get through it. We just plow ahead. Full steam ahead. Sorry, Adam Silver. 
You may not think full steam ahead. We do on this show. Uh, once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on your car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I, I'm just, you know, if, when people talk about we got, you know, we have some golf going on. You turn the page and everything else. I'm, I'm going to just one sports site right now. These are the current headlines. Indians manager Francona favors name change. Bye-bye, Indians. Two, White Sox, Nats, each have two players test positive. Three, Rivera, Redskins owner working on new nicknames. Four, six F1 drivers declined to kneel at Austrian GP. Five, virus hit Brace Freeman like a ton of bricks. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> I were to four months of this. The headlines aren't changing, are they? I mean, baseball's back. Sounds good in theory. NBA's back. Again, good in theory. NFL will start on time. Good in theory. So I'm going to get a little update from you, Rich, on on where you stand in your core belief. Because you and I are dependent on this. And a lot of people listening are dependent on this return to a whatever's left of our sports schedule in 2020. Do you sit here on the 5th of July feeling any better about where we are in a return of sports than you were, let's say, a month ago today? Yeah, I feel better about it, but I'll, I'll just say this. I think the... I think my thought process of what the return would look like has changed. I think it's very likely that while we all had these visions of seeing, you know, these these major league baseball players on these teams like we remember them to be, you know, filled with all the stars like the Mike Trouts and the David Prices and the Clayton Kershaws and the, you know, the uh, 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 Aaron Judge. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it may look very different. You may see a lot of these guys of particularly you know, higher pay uh, and and higher fame opt out. Yeah, and I'm and and like a lot of the names you just heard me utter, they haven't made a decision to opt out. I'm just saying it could very well be the case that some of the reasons why you watch these teams, if you're particularly interested in a starting pitcher or or, or a hitter, uh, maybe they're not going to be out there. You know, the same participation in the NBA, there could be more and more stars opting out of the bubble idea. If you're an NHL fan, get ready. That wave is probably coming to that sport as well. Team sports are just a very hard sell right now in a time where there's no available um uh or i should say uh really prescribable therapeutic that's 100 effective fighting covid19 once you contract the virus and also there's no vaccine so you're going to see a lot you, you, we may see live team sports but they just may be filled with guys who could really use the paycheck you know, we may see the guys out there who are younger in the sport. Uh, a lot of the minor league guys, as far as baseball is concerned, maybe some of the deeper bench guys, as far as the NBA is concerned. And that's really going to be what this looks like, you know, because these are the guys who need the opportunity, who need the paycheck, who want to take the risk because it's worth the reward of taking the court or the baseball diamond. So I do think that we could still potentially see sports. 
I do think that it's possible. I'm not 100% positive that whatever sports league gets off the ground as far as team sports are concerned, they're going to be able to make it through whatever abbreviated season they're attempting. But I do think we will. I, I just think it's going to be a, with a lot less star power. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys that has spoken, because the NFL... The NFL has operated with the idea like all this noise that we've had in March and April, May, June really doesn't apply to them because their season starts in September. But the CEO of the Packers, Mark Murphy, uh, has changed his tune. Uh, He just came out with this. He said, with training camps set to start in less than a month and with COVID-19 showing no signs of slowing down, the Packers will have to make several difficult decisions in the coming weeks. And as we start training camp, though, rookies are, sto- are supposedly starting practice on the July 21st, veteran on the 28th. Here's the key line. Time is no longer on our side. And what people don't understand about the NFL right now, Rich, is, is that the union and the league have not struck any agreements on how they're going to operate. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we had this impasse between, you know, the Major League Baseball, the players, same with the NBA. Well, how are we going to pull this off? There is no agreement in place right now between the union and the NFL on exactly how they're going to conduct business once the season begins. Like, what are the – give us training camp. What's that going to look like? I mean, we've talked about Major League Baseball, 100 pages on, you know, how it's going to operate at the ballpark. There is nothing right now in agreement between the NFL and the Players Union. And the idea that, ah, it's it's, down. We are, again, rookies are supposed to start practice in less than three weeks, Rich. Yeah. And we have no, no agreement at all between how the NFL wants to conduct business and then having to be agreed upon by the Players' Union. Listen, if you think that the MLB owners are, you know, this this set-apart, you know, cavalier group of, of, you know, members to this very greedy club who would take opportunity in a, a, a climate of global crisis to maybe get some uh, rollbacks on what they need to pay their players for an abbreviated season, uh, you're wrong. I, I promise you, if the NFL is faced with a ser- similar set of circumstances that Major League Baseball was in that because of the the current uh, uh, issues we face with COVID-19, wherever we are at with therapeutics or vaccinations come the start of the NFL season, if nothing has changed by that point, which is what the leading medical minds are telling us, don't count on it. Well, I promise you, if they're going to, in, in an effort to keep the players safe or to make a, a good decisions about player safety and health, roll back the number of games that the that that they're going to host they're going to be looking for for concessions from their their player body 
There's no question in my mind, and they're going to do, they're going to use the same playbook. They may d- tweak it, you know, they, so they come off better in the court of public opinion. But they're going to use the same playbook. It's going to be, hey, you know, this pandemic has really hit us hard. You know, we're we're really hurting for cash, just like everyone else out there. You know, I I understand we made over ten billion dollars in revenues last year, but you know, this has been rough on all of us. And so they're going to be asking the players to take pay cuts. It's it's almost an inevitability. I wouldn't label it with a guarantee, but if I were if I were to put odds on it, let's just put it this way: I would bet a lot. I would bet a lot. All right, let, let me ask you a very quick question here because we're a little bit up against it, but a little quick question here. What do you think the protocol will be for the NFL in terms of the locker room? How exactly <laughs> with an NFL team do you think I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to think about you know 100 pages with baseball everything. I'm trying to think about how the NFL proposes to conduct business during the season as far as a locker room is concerned. Buddy, I have no idea. I I know one thing for certain uh and that's going to be if you want to make it through an entire NFL season, you're going to have to basically separate the the population of players in each meeting room from each other like because if you have infection hit one position group on a football field uh, i mean if you wipe out three or four of your offensive line and and two of them are starters and the other two are you know your first in if starters get ill what do you do you know, what do you do? You know, same thing with running backs or quarterbacks for crying out loud. So I think you're going to have to have pools or pods of players, you know, in different rooms, basically. And you're going to have to do virtual meetings with the offensive line coach, with the safeties coach, with the quarterbacks coach, when you have your individual breakout sessions. And the only time these players are going to be outside of their pools or pods and in contact with each other. I guess is going to be during practices and and you're going to do your best to limit as much contact at practice as you can. This is going to be a bizarre scenario. I mean, and look, that's something that I just made up using the 15 seconds since you asked me the question. I, you're going to have to figure this out, though, in short order, if you're going to have anything resembling a season, because infection will spread faster in football than it will in any other sport. Oh, no question about that. We're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. So, one big NFL story. It appears the Redskins moniker will change. But what is the real reason the change is being made? From the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, we're going to tell you coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, Karis, I saw the fix, Okay. Yeah, that was at Hollywood Park in 1983. Saw them. Yeah. Rich was uh, not even born yet. Okay. One thing leads to another, though, Stephen. Yeah. Eventually, mm. I was born. Yes, you were born, but not <laughs> when I was there. Um, once again, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I'm going to go back to 2013. 2013, Dan Snyder, owner of the Redskins, said this. Told this to USA Today, quote, we will never change the name. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Never. (laughs) You can use all caps. (laughs) So Dan Snyder again in 2013. Quote. I know. I know. We'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use caps. So why all of a sudden is Dan Snyder changing his tune? There have been a lot of reports. The Washington Post says Dan Snyder, by the way, has been AWOL. Like, he is, like, nowhere to be found. Uh, He doesn't own 100% of the team. There's a group that owns about 35% of the team. They want out. And a lot of people are now just theorizing the reason that Dan Snyder is finally giving in on changing the name is that he's about to sell the team cash out, and he's going to make a hefty payday out of owning this franchise, even though his ownership from a on-the-field standpoint has been a disaster. Remember the Redskins for years sold out every game? They don't do that anymore, Mm -hmm. uh, even before. For this situation. So it does appear that Dan Snyder, uh, and this would be good news for Redskins fans or whatever they're going to call the team moving forward, uh, that they're going to rid themselves of an owner who, by the way, has spent money. He spent big money on coaches, spent big money on players. It just hasn't panned out for a franchise that used to be a model franchise in this league, but definitely no longer. But that seems to be the real motivation by the change of heart from Dan Snyder, who said, we will never change the name. You can use all caps. Never to where we are right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing, right? It's amazing when people get caught in ultimate speak. I don't do it. I don't do it. I try my hardest not to do it. Even just now, I abridged what I said. I said I don't do it. Well, I mean, maybe sometimes I do it. I try to never, though, use the words always. I try to never use the word Never. And you're using them. I, I say I try. <laughs> and for good reason, because I right. fail. 
Mm-hmm. The and the reason is because you can really you can really end up with egg on your face because anybody who speaks with such confidence, well, surely they'll they'll never waver under any circumstances. So I assume before Dan Snyder will change the name of his team, he will allow his team to be financially crushed by the, you know, the sponsors dropping out, and he'll deal with those ramifications, right? Because he said never. He said print it in all caps. So, right? Isn't that what never means? It never means never. Never. Unless, so, of course, you get rid of the team. Right. Maybe he sells, though. And again, so he never changed the name of the mm-hmm. team. But if he sells the team, maybe some the new owners will. There you go. Yeah. So, look, I I, I don't believe him. I didn't believe him then. I, I don't believe him now. If he went out and said it tomorrow, it, it just it wouldn't bear weight with me because I don't believe in never and always. By the way, the uh, betting line on the new name for the Redskins, the, the favorite is... The Washington Presidents. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know why. I've been. I haven't heard anyone even suggest that name. But I saw a Vegas betting line on what would be the favorite uh, to get be the new moniker for the Washington franchise, and they said the Presidents. I don't know if that's all that popular right now. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, depending on the year, it's less and more. But I look, I, I just think in general, mm. like you said, I think when you choose a team name with some level of banality mm. behind it or, uh, you know, or a, a more benign uh, object like a jet or an animal like a jaguar, you know, you're, you're, you know, or, or some some mythical creation. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 We continue to roll on a Sunday. Hartman and Ornberger coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Well, it's one of the few people that I know that, that do sports talk radio seven days a week, which I have been doing for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of people ask me about, especially in this current climate, I mean, how do you do it? Like, or, you know, do you ever get tired of trying to... Do- Yesterday, with circumstances beyond my control, was a rare day where I just was not allowed to do sports talk radio. And it was a painful thing for me. I mean, I, Rich, I know you you do six days a week of this. Uh, you could do seven quite easily, although you have little kids at home. makes it more challenging, but... The bottom line is is that every day there's something. There's a new spin. There's a new angle. There's always something. And if you are used to giving out opinions, which is something I've been doing for over 30 years, you want to give your opinion. You understand, obviously, that many people listening are in lockstep with you, and there are many people that just cannot believe that you're doing sports talk radio. And I get all that, and I've learned that over many, many years. But, yeah, yesterday was a little out of body for me. Sure. You know, I was I was sitting poolside uh, during the day, uh, playing my. Uh, you know, we have Kyrus uh, sitting in today, uh, and he's playing his own song list. Uh, I was doing it yesterday. I was sitting there with uh, Denise and uh, my son Garrett, cranking out the tunes I want. It was my birthday, right? I'm like, yes, you get to choose. The I get to choose, and then and they be they they did not like my playlist. I mean, they were. <laughs> They were like, why, why is this on your playlist? 
Um, and it reminded me, I wouldn't have to be subjecting myself to this criticism if I were just allowed to do my radio show. So I wish I, I had been here yesterday. Um, I wanted to get back to, since you've been tested for COVID-19, Rich. Yeah, sure. I want to get back to the whole testing uh, process here and mm-hmm. how much we can trust these tests. And I'll give you a couple of examples. So here in California, the percentage of people who are being tested, testing positive, has gone up recently. We were running at about 4%, and now it's up to about 7 almost 8%. So more and more people that are being tested, well, more people are being tested, uh, but the percentages are going up. And yet we see some really weird numbers emerging from the sports world. For instance, right now, as far as baseball players are concerned being tested, it's about 1%. Mm-hmm. And then we had the college football phenomenon, which was really off the charts. So you had Clemson have 37 players test positive, a third of the roster. LSU, huge numbers. Texas Tech, huge numbers. And then you had three Big Ten schools, your school, Penn State, Maryland, and Michigan, all test 100 players combined, zero positives. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay here. So Clemson had a third of their roster test positive, and Michigan has zero. Penn State has zero. So there, something is well, something's not a wash here as far as these test results are concerned. How how much do you trust the testing that's going on right now for COVID nineteen? Look, I I trust it uh, explicitly to an extent. I really do. I think that I I don't think that there is an underhanded effort, you know, a scheme afoot as far as getting accurate testing, first of all. So I I don't believe in any conspiracy theories as far as that's concerned. Uh, Don't get me wrong. No test. And this is uh, I mean, this isn't just limited to covid-19. This is, you know, other viruses in the past that have been deemed global pandemics have, uh, uh, you know, availed the circumstance where, unfortunately, a false positive or a false negative created concern or a false sense of security, uh, such as, uh, you know, during the 80s with HIV is another example. I mean, we are sort of still in the beta phase of a lot of this testing in certain cases. But overall, I think that we have a pretty good handle on this from what I've read, the literature that has been passed along to me, uh, you know, what I can digest at least. Again, I'm not a medical professional, but I do trust the testing. Here's what's here's what's difficult to sort of wrap your head around, because we have such a large geography in our country and not not every single state is experiencing surges at the exact same moment. You can have certain areas of the country harder hit and certain microcosms like a a professional or an amateur sports team represent the areas uh, that they come from, those areas uh, uh, um, COVID-19 surging. You know, so down south right now in certain states, 
We are having rampant virus, you know, in Texas and Florida, uh, in, in Arizona, and in the north, there are certain uh, uh, there are certain counties that are virtually untouched. You know, I you know there are certain states that are still you know recording very low numbers of positive tests. So I think the geography plays a huge role into what we're discussing. That's here. a big discrepancy between zero and thirty-seven. Well, it is, but we're I mean, also- you're telling me nationally, you're telling me you've tested over 300 players mm-hmm. at Michigan, Maryland, and Penn State, and not one zero testing positive. I mean, I I'm reading headlines to this. Like, here's a headline: Corona's virus tests used by White House questionable accuracy. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, accuracy of COVID-19 tests still largely unknown. So this, but my point on all this yeah, is look, it only I, I makes. I don't think it, I'm going to participate in a conversation that's going to sort of lead to questioning the efficacy of the but testing. This that's is, not what I'm here for but today, here, Steve. But, but what I will but, say, but is here's this. the question: what As we try to this. move forward to get our yeah. starts, our sports restarted, yeah. and guys are testing, and we had the golfer who tested positive. Right. He then had three consecutive negative tests, and he's like, "I, I, I missed out on a golf tournament." Imagine again. If you have, let's say we get to the NBA, deep into the NBA playoffs, somebody gets a positive test mm-hmm. and they are told to sit it out. Then they have multiple tests saying they were negative. Then all of a sudden the question was, I was I was was I a false positive that keep me out? Steve, so when Steve, I read Steve. headlines about Human the beings. accuracy of COVID nineteen testing is still very questionable. Human very beings questionable. have been getting pregnant. Since the dawn of human, yes. since the dawn of human existence, correct. Okay, we we have only. I'm talking about the entire history of human beings existing on this right. planet. Mm-hmm. We have only had testing available for a few hundred, well, maybe just over a hundred years, to prove whether or not mm. uh, somebody's pregnant. And still, to this day, occasionally you get a false negative. Occasionally you get a false positive. So it is the prudence. Of all these people testing, not only just to test once and accept just one negative test to say, okay, let's have all of these football players congregate now. No, the same way you would retest a positive to make sure that it's positive or to be informed if that person isn't actually positive, they should retest all of the negatives too, at least for now. But how many, I, I heard this on our new, our sister news station down in San Diego, one of our news anchors was doing an interview. Sure. And she asked who she was interviewing, talking about testing for COVID-19. How do we know that we either have or don't have COVID-19 if we literally don't test every day? Mm -hmm. And the answer was, we don't. So you can test one day and be negative. You could test the next day and be positive. Right. So the idea that you test somebody, this is why we get back to the bubble situation. I'm, I'm applying it to sports because unlike the rest of us uh, who are not afforded the luxury of being tested constantly, if at all, um, unless our employers call for it or something along these lines, people just can't afford to do it. But my point is, is that if you're not symptomatic and 40 percent of all the people that have COVID-19 test positive have no symptoms at all, they're asymptomatic, then... How do we know if I get a negative test that the next day I'm also negative? 
That's well, the don't. question, you and don't. the answer is we don't. Well, well, here, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, and I'm sure you're aware of this uh, because you're practicing it in your own life. You know, you mm-hmm. are trying to be as socially distant yes. as possible. Absolutely. You're, we- you're wearing your mask in public. Yep. I know that you're taking particular precautions, as many Amer- Americans are. Most lim- Americans are. Well, yeah, many, many Americans are trying to limit their exposure to this virus and to protect others, which I think is great. I really do. I think it's smart, and I think it's the best uh, medical advice we have available right now is to stay away from people who you don't essentially need to be near and to uh, wear a mask when you're in public to protect yourself and protect others. But aside from that, you know, you get this test, and then you say, well, how do I know that, uh, you know, just because I tested negative today doesn't mean... Well, again, if you're negative today... And you've only spent time with your family, for example. You're working from home. It's only been you, your wife, your two kids, your dog, right? Well, the assumption is if you keep that, if you continue taking those precautions, well, then you're going to be negative tomorrow. You're going to be negative the next day. You know, it's it's not safe always to assume that. But again, you're hedging the best you can. And that is the theory behind creating a bubble for the NBA, is you test all these guys frequently enough that if somebody has contracted the virus through whatever means they contracted it, you can, in essence, contact trace who that person has been in close contact with or proximity with, get those people tested, and then limit the spread. That's essentially what we're trying to do on the national and global scale. It's failing It's failing in different places depending on how seriously people take these health and safety protocols. And so, look, yeah, you can talk about the availability of testing. You can talk about the efficacy of the the test. Um, where, Where I think the biggest problem lies is if people don't practice social distancing, if they don't practice wearing a mask when they're around other people, you're going to have a much easily transmissible disease because right now there are no vaccines available to us. Yeah, and I get back to the Freddie Freeman situation where at the beginning of the week he tested negative, he got retested, and he tested positive, mm-hmm. and his wife can't understand it. He, she goes like, he first of all, he's never sick, and, he, and he's been hit. I mean, he's got symptoms, high fever, the whole shebang, and she goes, we haven't seen anything he hasn't been to the store or he hasn't right he hasn't done anything and all of a sudden we go from negative to positive and they're racking their brain like how where is it possible that he suddenly got it well well i mean let's think about it though so how many braves players or personnel caught the virus right you know or contract or tested positive i mean it is potential just showing up that day and walking through, you know, the particulate from a person's cough, you know, maybe he caught it then, you know, I mean, maybe he caught it on on the ride over to the the facility. Yeah, I mean, you again, exposure is an interesting thing, and it's not one that we can completely uh, seclude ourselves from. We can be exposed at any moment. But again, you know, testing, I mean, it's the best we can do right now. The testing is is reliable. To a point, there's no question about that. And that look, I mean, as as reliable as pregnancy testing is, there are occasions where a false negative or for, false positive comes up. Does it mean that you shouldn't trust a pregnancy test? No, it means that you should just double check to be sure. And that's what all of these sports leagues apparently are doing by testing multiple times a week. Yeah. Again, so far of all the players, staff in Major League Baseball, 
only 1.2% positive, which is way below the national average. Around uh, Major League Baseball, some people are concerned with that number. And the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. So the the Major League Baseball uh, game plan has been laid out as far as how to conduct themselves at the ballpark. But there's one big missing piece. We'll tell you what that is coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Wow. Yeah. Cranking out the Night Ranger. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Now we're doing it. That's Karis on the board. Uh, once, yeah. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Although we're apart these days, we're sharing more. And Geico's sharing more, too, with the Geico Giveback, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for both current and new customers that last your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for info and eligibility. All right, I want to read uh, a line from the operations manual here for the restart or beginning of the Major League Baseball season. Remember, they have 101 pages here where they talk about everything, no spitting, no showering, you know, if you're on the road, don't use the elevators. I mean, they have a lot of very specific things out here. But here's a line. Major League Baseball will not formally restrict the activities of covered individuals when they are away from the club facilities, but will expect the covered individuals on each club to ensure that they all act responsibly. We're talking about a thousand Major League Baseball players. 
So even though there's all this specific language, if you're at the ballpark, if you're traveling somewhere at the hotel, there are specific rules. But everything else is on the honor system. Mm-hmm. So, again, talking to Seth Everett this week, he said, that's great. That's great, isn't it? A hundred pages on how to conduct yourself at the ballpark, on the road with the team, but not one word about how to conduct yourself otherwise. So when we talk about a thousand players, and they even had this, they said this one line here, Rich, it said here, the careless actions of a single individual places on the entire team and their families to put them at risk. So is it reasonable to believe that every single Major League Baseball player who will be at the ballpark during this start of the season will be compliant and responsible with the honor system. No, no, of course it isn't. It's not reasonable to believe that. And that's the risk that you have to understand if you're going to play Major League Baseball this season. Uh, it is the risk that the NBA and the NHL using hub cities and bubble setups are trying to mitigate uh, by sort of taking away the opportunity for outside influences to impact the health and safety of not only the players, but the, the players' families. And so, no, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely unreasonable assumption to say because we're operating on the honor system, these players are going to listen. And if you're going to host a season the way Major League Baseball is trying to host a season, you are going to have to be extra vigilant with your testing, with your social distancing in the workplace, and with how you handle a positive test as far as quarantining and, uh, you know, getting, getting uh, you know, taking immediate action. Otherwise, you're going to have a halted Major League Baseball season. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, the to a certain extent, we have a uh, performance-enhancing drug policy that operates on the honor system, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I mean, you are testing randomly. You're not testing everybody every single day, you know? So to a certain level... You are expecting the players to act honorably. You're expecting the players not to break the rules surrounding performance-enhancing drugs. And still, every single season, baseball's handing out uh, suspensions and fines for positive PED tests. So we shall see, Steve. But uh, no, it is it is completely unreasonable to assume because uh, these players are placed on the honor system that they're they're that nobody's going to be at any further risk. Right, and and here's the challenge for other levels. So, I mean, professionally, you would say, and another guy I talked to this week, our, my dear friend Michael Thompson. I mean, Michael was a, he was old school. I mean, even back in the day when he played during the '80s, predominantly. He was a guy that went to work and took care of himself. Sure. You know, he didn't go out and party. That wasn't his deal. He wasn't into that. He was in, uh, keeping himself in, in peak condition uh, and getting his rest and doing all the right things to navigate through a long NBA season. So, but when we talk about professional athletes, one of the motives would be money. You're getting paid. The question is, how do we apply the honor system to college students? Mm. I mean, or, you know, and even if you want to go to Friday nights, talking about the high school football season, I mean, now now we're just really getting into that whole idea that 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 doesn't seem possible. So then the question comes, 
and all these guidelines are you know set apart about you know if you do test positive you know then you have to have two negative tests and no more than 24 more than 24 hours apart or you have to be 72 hours removed from having a fever if you show symptoms something along those lines but even that is not a sure ticket to safety for other people that may be exposed to this to this virus so you know i've i've maintained that the only way to do this is full steam ahead. That there, again, people will get sick. We know that. Hopefully, it won't be a serious sickness that could lead to a catastrophe. But if you're going to start whatever the league is, Major League Baseball, the NBA, NFL, NHL, you just got. You're going to have to pile drive through this. You're going to have casualties and in, in, in terms of people getting sick. But you got to get to the finish line, and that and that's that's my mindset. When I heard Adam Silver saying this is not going to be full steam ahead, I'm like, yeah, it will be. You're you're going to get an NBA champion this year. Who's going to be there? I don't know, but you're going to get an NBA champion. Yeah, look, I I think there is going to be a great uh, deterrent of shutting the league down. In that, you know, not only did you spend all of the money on infrastructure to get this bubble city up and running 150 million uh then throw on top of it the promises that you've made of course with disclaimers that this could end at any moment to the broadcasters who pay you very dearly for those broadcast rights uh but then on top of it the players who have taken an inordinate amount of risk from other seasons, you know, to continue this season. And so you're going to have the pressures from the broadcasters, from the fans of the game, from the players who have not fallen ill to continue this season because the players have taken risks, the league has spent money, the broadcasters have spent money, and the fans are, you know, to a certain extent, enjoying the product, and it has been a long delay since they've been able to enjoy it. So there's going to be a lot of pressure deterring you from shutting down a league once it's up and running. Uh, So, look, yeah, I I do agree with you. I think the effort is going to be full steam ahead. I don't know if the execution will allow that. You know, again, all it takes, very much like we saw you know, closing out what was the the regular season as we knew it with Rudy Gobert and the Jazz and several players on both of those teams. Uh, all it takes is one player to be infected for it to spread to a number of players. And in the NBA, when you're talking about only 15 people on a roster, you know, five players in particular who you you need to go out and actually compete and win, you know, you're starting five by and large. It takes a few uh, confirmed cases to completely destroy a team's route to having any sort of success. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, but I'm not I'm not all the way with baseball's back. I'm not all the way with the NBA's back. I want to see games. Hopefully, we're going to get those games as scheduled or in Major League Baseball as we hope they're going to be scheduled. When are we going to get a schedule, by the way? Are we going to get an update on that? Um, we're in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's find out what's trending right now. I think that uh, Ralph Irvin's been working on that MLB schedule. I mean, you you could hammer this out in no time, right? 
Well, of course, but you know, I'm the same guy who gave you the '96 team Division One uh, football <laughs> setup you know, back twenty uh, something years ago. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. So, uh, one thing that isn't getting hammered out right now—that's uh, NASCAR's Cup race at Indianapolis. They are in a weather hold, haven't gotten started yet for that 50 lap or er, for that 160 lap race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Still waiting to get that one underway. Meanwhile, they continue to play in Detroit, the PGA Tour, and Bryson DeChambeau, he's been great all season. Now he is in the top spot. 21 under par through 12 holes, five shots under par on the day. He's waiting to tee off on a 393-yard par four, waiting for the green to clear. That is not a joke. Uh, Kevin Kisner right now, three shots back at minus 18 through 17 holes. He's six under for the day. And your third-round leader, Matthew Wolf, one of the few players over par, three over on the day. He is five shots off the pace. Did you know that right now Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on top of what Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com to learn more. And UFC 251 just got more interesting as they have finished the contract negotiations and Jorge Masvidal will face Kamaru Usman for the welterweight title next Saturday. That's on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. The two fighters getting tested today for COVID-19. And if they post negative scores, they will travel to Fight Island for Saturday's main event. Now, I'll send it back to our main event. It is Steve Hartman and Rich Hornberger. See, uh, Ralph just showing off. Those mm-hmm. difficult names, you see that? That's why he threw that in there. He, he wants, you know, a guy like Ralph Irvin, who I've known forever, I mean, he, he likes the challenge, right? Oh, he shies away you know, from no so, challenge. So a lot of times, you see, when you're a broadcaster and you see a really rough name, you're like, ugh. I'm going to just stay away from it. Not Ralph. Bring it up. I want to do it every hour. Give me those names. Bring them in. By the way, the the Usman Masvidal fight is is a huge fight. And for the reasons that, you know, look, and I believe I have this correct. It's Masvidal. You know, he's not. Uh, like a clear, you know, uh, favorite as far, you know, a really particularly great record as far as a fighter is concerned. But, uh, you know, when, when, you know, because I think he has something like 13 losses. But when you have a a loud mouth and mm-hmm. you have this I'll fight anyone anytime anywhere attitude in the UFC, I mean that is exactly what they're looking for right now. And so he has picked uh, sort of uh, picked on Usman enough to make this make this fight happen. Essentially, you yeah. know, you know, basically calling out one of the best in the game and saying, "Look, you know, if you're scared, I get it." And uh, and so now we have a title fight in the midst of a pandemic. And so, look, you know, it, Conor McGregor, he had a mouth, but he also had talent. Yeah, I mean, he was a massive. I mean, that is the the whatever you call it, the quintessential uh, 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 full Monty, right? You know, when you have a guy who's uber talented, but also uh, is a tremendous self-promoter, you know, you have a guy who's sort of punching up, so to speak, and saying a lot of things, and it's enraged uh, his opponent enough that he agreed to a fight. I think it's particularly interesting. Yeah, the, the history of boxing, which is fascinating to me, has, has got a number of fighters over the years that if you look at their record, it's not all that glorious. They're not going to be in the Hall of Fame. But somehow they got a lot of big matchups. 
Um, and usually the feedback was, even though they lost the fight, whoever fought him, like, I don't want to go through this guy again. All right. The right. guy, he's a pain in the ass, but, you know, he drums up interest. People want to see the guy. I got the victory, but thank you. I'm done with you. Uh, by the way, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, easy to save 15% or more in car insurance at Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. By the way, I had to ask you, Rich, I haven't even asked you this yet, but uh, here in the state of California, uh, all the beaches were closed except San Diego. Mm -hmm. And you live in a beach community, so what was it like the last couple of days? Well, uh, alongside of, uh, you know, beach closures across the state, also San Diego uh, limited fireworks displays. We didn't have the Big Bay boom as we normally do on San Diego Bay, which Mm -hmm. can be seen from a lot of places in, in, you know, San Diego. And a lot of other displays were canceled, albeit there were some. Um, But yeah, you know, they shut down state beach parking lots and parking was restricted. But as you mentioned, since I live in a beach community... I would have no idea that any arrangements were made to try to slow the congregation of masses on sand because we had limited parking around our house and, you know, about a block away where I live near the bay, the sand was filled with canopies, the water was filled with floats, and people were enjoying the 4th of July as they had. Were they observing all the social distancing, everyone wearing masks on no. the beach? None of that. No, of no. Look, I mean, you did see some masks uh, from people walking around the streets. Yeah. But I, I also think, what you know, look, I, I, I don't want to assume what was in these uh, these koozie-covered cans or these red Solo cups, but I, I'm going to say there was some drinking going on on the beach. Nah. Uh, and as we know, uh, alcohol is a bit of a... Uh, a social, uh, a social uh, uh, lubricant, and so as the the hours waned on into the afternoon and the early evening and the night, you saw even less social distancing. And we had a, a view a couple of times. I had to leave the house. I just hopped in the car, and as I passed by any of the the beach areas, the, yeah, there there weren't many people. There wasn't a lot of space between people, and there weren't many people wearing masks. Okay. So you feel you and your family feel safe, though, is what I'm asking. We uh, we stayed in our backyard. Mm-hmm. I made I smoked some ribs. Uh, we grilled up some corn. Mm-hmm. We had a nice salad. Nice. <laughs> we had a nice fruit salad. We had some strawberry shortcake. Uh, and I don't think the kids felt like they missed out on anything because <laughs> for my five year old, I I put out a slip and slide. Yes. And you know, for the entirety of the the afternoon, he was trying to tackle me on the slip and slide. So that's what we did. By the way, tomorrow, so I am I have my week off this yeah. coming week. Um, I am staying up here in LA uh, because I, you know, I was expecting to work all day Saturday yesterday, and I do work all day today. So we are gonna put off my birthday celebration until tomorrow, Monday. Right. So tomorrow, no work, no radio, no TV barbecue all day nice alcohol consumption sure 
I'm going to be like living the life of rich is what I'm going to do tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to put no limits on myself. Yeah, I want you to. Really, and I really, I'm just yeah. going to let it go. Just wrap sort of, your arms around the debauchery. I am going full debauchery tomorrow. <laughs> And From then, a gastrointestinal standpoint, uh, yeah, my July Fourth, the way we celebrated yeah. with the ribs and the mm-hmm. food and the. Uh, by the way, I tried a new bourbon. Whoa, really, impre- oh, really, yeah. really. Yeah, I, I may have a new favorite. Uh, you know, it, so, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I got after it a little mm, bit on July. Good for 4th. you. Good yeah, for you. I'm, I'm feeling no pain today. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it takes a lot to put me down on the canvas, and mm-hmm. so, uh, so life goes on. But yeah, look, I, you know, I think you're doing it right. You know, a little backyard barbecue, maybe uh, dip your toes into the pool uh, and have yourself a feast. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be overly hot. It's supposed to cool off a little bit, you know? Sure. Um, no, I was talking to my sister yesterday. She lives in Iowa. And, you know, we talked earlier about the whole perspective on different regions, how COVID-19 is affecting us. And yesterday for 4th of July, she and her husband, um, they were, they went up to meet their one of their daughters, um, and they were having a big get-together. I think they were crossing lines. When you're in the Midwest, you you know they go to Minnesota sometimes, they go to Wisconsin sometimes, stuff like that. Um, but there didn't seem to be any let up on the Fourth of July celebration, at least yeah. the way she was describing it. And of course, I'm trying to explain. No, the beaches are all shut down. I mean, this weekend. I mean, when we talk about a Fourth of July weekend, folks, where we live in Southern California, forget it. I mean, you don't want to be on the roads. Everyone's heading out to the beaches. It is a madhouse. And I'm 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 driving along this morning. I mean, it's a ghost town. This is, Karis, you you were on the roads. I mean, seriously, it would. This is the way it was when we first had the outbreak in March, where there was literally nobody on the road, and then things seemed to loosen up a little bit, and traffic is not a hundred percent, but it's getting back to semi-normal. But this weekend, Rich, up here. In the L.A. area, I mean, there's nobody on the road. <laughs> on a 4th of July weekend, I don't know if people are staying home and they're just teed off or what, but, I mean, it was crazy how empty the roads were this weekend. It can be shocking, you know, how compliant, uh, you know, we are as a, as a culture. You know, I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that we all appreciate our freedoms, and I think that we all uh, understand, you know, that we are free people, and we can we can outside of really affecting other people with threats, I, we could do what we want in this country. But I think there's a lot of people who are showing a lot of concern and empathy for others. You know, so I, I social distancing, practicing staying at home, things that we aren't necessarily mandated to do any longer, at least in this state. Uh, you know, uh, at this point, uh, I, th- I, I think it's I think it's smart because, again, it's a, the best medical minds don't have really any other recourse for us yet. So I think there's a lot of people just trying to do their part. All right. We like to do this at this point of the show every single week. Where are we going to be a week from now? Are we going to have a Major League Baseball schedule? Are we going to have more players drop out of the bubble in the NBA? And for the start of the Major League Baseball season, and is the NFL going to finally get wise to the fact that time is running out for them to make an agreement with the Players Union on exactly how they're going to pull off their season? We'll answer all that from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. 
Steve Harbin and Rich Armberger once again coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. I want to thank everybody for their help today, starting with Kiris. Uh, a very rare appearance. Wow. Um, but a great his, one. Uh, a great one. As you know, he's up in that uh, upper echelon of executives here. And so for him to venture down is uh, is quite a sacrifice. But Kyrus always taking one for the team. We appreciate that, Kyrus. Uh Ralph Irvin came on today. I mean, we, we had a lot of people, you know, were sort of on a last-second call and uh, showed up. And then, of course, there's Gavin... Uh, who actually is not here in the building, but still producing the show as he always does. So, uh, uh, yes, much appreciated uh, to our fine staff here at Fox Sports Radio because, like always, uh, we stay on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and we we've got people who find a way and and. You know, what's amazing is, you know, everybody like the bows, you know, in the front is are going to be taken by, you know, all the broadcasters. People remember those names. But like you just mentioned, Curis and Gavin and uh, Sam uh, Kinsel and, and, you know, Ralphie Irvin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these that's the glue. That is absolutely the glue to help uh, make these things go on a daily basis. So we appreciate them to no end. Yeah, they uh, they came through as they always do. Um, all right. So let's. let's Let's take a sneak peek, as we often do, uh, when we talk about what's going to happen next in the sports world. Uh, We're rarely right, by the way. That's one thing we've tried to do, and nothing (laughs) has been as planned. Um, All right, so this week, the one thing, the number one we expect to see this week is Major League Baseball to formally announce the schedule, (laughs) considering the season uh, is due to start in 18 days. So I would imagine at some point you actually have to name the schedule because if teams are traveling, they have to make arrangements, right? I mean, isn't that sort of part of that? You have to sort of make (laughs) travel arrangements um, for games. I Uh, would assume that is going to be part of it. So that that would be part of it. So, uh, by the way, if if you were to set up, we we do know who everyone is going to play. Uh, Let's just use uh, San Diego Padres, right? They're going to play 40 games, 10 each against the four teams in their division, the Dodgers, the Rockies, the Giants, uh, and the Diamondbacks. And then the other 20 games are going to be up against the teams uh, in the American League West. So you can do the simple math, 20 divided by 5 with four games each, right? Two and two, right? That The schedule actually is very tidy, really tidy. The question, would you rather face, like if you were the Padres who finished last in the National League West a year ago, um, would you rather play the best team, the Dodgers, to start the season or would you, let's say, want to play the worst team in the AL West? A lot of people say the Rangers may be that team in, in 2020. How important in a 60-game season are, let's say, the first 10 to 15 games? I've always been a fan of warming up, you know, much like I did in college. You know, you warm up with, say, a lesser talented uh, team because – your, your record, especially this season in Major League Baseball, is going to account for much more. You know, in a compressed schedule, you, you really have no room here. So the, the goal should be to have as good of a record as you possibly can. So warming up against a lesser talented squad 
that that is exactly what you want to do. Work out the kinks against uh, against a group who may not have as impressive bats in the lineup, who may not have have as impressive pitching, and you know try to iron out some of the things that you need to work on before you play the more talented teams. That's the way I would hope the scheduling falls for for a team I played on. Uh, by the way, uh, Sam and Gavin are having a good laugh at you right now. And what's that? Why is that? Well, you're using you're using Gavin's last name on Sam. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. By the way, yes. um, I, I'm reading the text message right now, and Sam, I know you're listening. So, under normal mm-hmm. condition, it yeah. wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be Kyrus playing the hits. Uh, it would be uh, Sam. Kinsley on the ones and the twos. <laughs> but I'm it's telling a, you this, Sam, I know you're listening. Yeah. Since the day I met you until this moment just now, <laughs> I've referred to you as Sam Kinsel, and I have never ever been corrected until this moment. Yes. I've known you I've known Sam for years now. Yes. How the hell is this the first time this has been discovered? Well, he didn't want to embarrass you on the air, but now that he's not in the building, he is out to embarrass. And of course, I love to bring up this stuff because embarrassing oh, no. is what I, we well, all I want do, to do too. If there's anybody I appreciate laughing at. All right, it's so we're gonna have a major league baseball <laughs> schedule set. Uh NBA. Are are we gonna see more players opt out of the bubble? Because remember, yes. the day that they are due to the bubble is going to be during this week, right? It's going to oh, be yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday are the three days that all the NBA teams are due to arrive in the bubble. Does LeBron James show up? <laughs> yes. He's one guy you can bet the bank will definitely show up. He wants okay. that championship. So again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, arrive at the bubble. Yeah. That's going to be very, very interesting, especially when they get to the rooms and saying, so I have to be here alone. How long does this last? Yeah. 40 days? Yikes. Time. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.